Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast. And what do you know? It's been a big week in gaming. I'm in to go for episode 109 on this Sunday, the 18th of December 2022. In this week's show, Christmas comes early as Nintendo drops a bountiful bombshell bonanza. Impressions of Justin Roiland's quirky FPS adventure, High on Life. And we finally take the time to rank our personal top 10 games of all time. If you'd like to support the show, we'd love you to subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. If you're a mega fan, come join us on the Discord. All the links in the description below or at bigwigpod.com. We've got our senior editor-in-chief, Swinney. Hey, yo. And Mike. Hello, everyone. Good to see you again. We don't have anything for you, Mike. Any, like, descriptor for you? Yeah, just I'm just Mike Mike. now. (laughs) Well, did did you get my thing that you were supposed to overlay over Mike? My, my true uh, yeah. identity. It's called the douche button. The so douche I, button. In an emergency, just... I can press the douche button. I don't. We haven't tested this, so we'll, let's just see if let's it works. See. Yeah, it works. And, well, and you I, should probably just leave it there permanently. Now, can I tell a, a story for all of our <laughs> viewers that Mike is such a douche that when he sent me this file, I go, just send me a transparent PNG, right? Well, and then say... he sent, nah, nah, nah. I said, said, well, what do you think, right? How yeah. am I supposed to overlay it? So he sends it to me. And it's just a white block with a cross and big douche on it. And I'm like, how am I meant to use that? I needed to do extra work. I didn't realize it. What did I have In line with this douchiness. No, but then I sent you the, the transparent. Yeah, I already after. done it. When I realized no, I screwed it up. I don't have time to muck around double tap You actually things. untransparented it? Yeah, I had to edit it myself. No, what you should have done is kept it just the white the block douche. and just put, put the block <laughs> over his face. You know, that would probably <laughs> move it down to. Yeah, I should have just put it as is. Forehead. I should have done it as is. Just like big L in my head, over the whole top. It, Intego, thank you for stepping back into the hosting duties this week. I am a uh, bit sick, so uh, the d- executive decision was made to uh, to hand over the duties to someone else this week. And mm-hmm. I tell you what, you haven't missed a step. And, and I, I like how Mike is not in consideration. <laughs> hey. No, no. I actually <laughs> suggested Mike, and you took uh, it. You took it before he? he could answer. Well, yeah, I just, I just okay. assumed. I actually would... said, "Hey, I was responding to Mike because hey, you wouldn't mind hosting." And Indy got you go. I'll host. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's also I was thinking Mike might not be able to make it on time, just as a guess. <laughs> so <laughs> it actually turned out to be true. But yes, yeah, only by 20, twenty minutes. Unintended reasons. <laughs> Um, so no hype, no community stuff, no corrections. We haven't had a lot of corrections recently, Sweeney. We haven't made a lot of mistakes. Uh, Either that or we just don't care anymore, but yeah. (laughs) No, no, we do care, we do care. We do respond. You know what, I think it's also, I I tended to pick up on more of the mistakes, um, because when we were doing the clips on YouTube, Hmm. I used to see them and probably pick up on more stuff. Just watching, like, oh, watch this five-minute thing of that clip we did, you know? Oh, and it's so like, oh you, shit. So we could actually be having mistakes and we're not even... We really... could be having oh, mistakes. Geez. Lots and lots and lots. Bring so back the clips, just man. Sweep, we're in trouble. Sweeping them Wait, under the rug. You got a big mistake right here. <laughs> but, uh, I, almost but I do have a question of the yes, week. Yes, yes, um, go ahead. Go ahead. And uh, it's not the greatest question, but I, I'll be interested to see the answers from you two. So let's say in order to save your life, you have to beat Dark Souls, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Done and it. I know you both, yeah, I know you both done it, but let's say you put in a room and you have to beat Dark Souls, but mm-hmm. you have to choose one of three controllers to beat Dark Souls with. Okay. The three controllers are 
And then, look, people have done <laughs> done these all. Like, I think they've done. Wait, wait, they've done I... at least two. Of, they've done at least two of them. I don't know if, what a third of them. Is this is this an original question from you? Yeah, I'll just come this, up with this is a great actually, question. Yeah. This is a great question. I know where you're going right. with this. I know where you're yeah, going with okay. this. Okay, the the famous <laughs> one it. you've got to beat. Uh, okay, one of the controller options is the Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Bongos, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh God. Okay. The next one is Dance Dance Dance, Dance Revolution Dance Pad, and let's say you would have like one of the ones from the arcade where you can actually hold onto the bar. Let's say they've got that there, right? Mm. Not like a shitty like home pad. And the last one is the NES Power Glove. Which controller do you choose to beat Dark Souls? And your life is on the line. The life, your life. And I don't know. You you keep asking me questions that are basically loopholes in me not having to kill myself, but a great way to end it all. Why do you keep asking these questions? They're so good. I can confirm people have definitely beaten Dark Souls, a lot of people, with those first two types. I think the NES Power Glove, I don't think I've seen that. I actually watched... What did inspire me was I was watching a video about a guy who was trying to break the Guinness World Record for beating Dark Souls with the most amount of different controller types. Okay. okay. And okay. the NES, he mentioned the NES Power Glove, like, he's not a programmer, so he that was his limitation, so he couldn't, like, program the interface himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why the NES Power Glove was kind of off the, off the thing. No but let's say they figured that out, right? I reckon yeah. the Power Glove. I would pick the Power Glove. Okay, okay, okay. So the, we're, we're showing exactly it on screen. We've got, the, we've got the Power Glove on, yeah. on screen. Yep. Uh, so you can see right here that, you know, you can... You've got a D-pad. You've yeah. got your BA, everything like that. Yeah. Are we allowed to ask questions, Swinny? Go ahead. Now, with the power glove, I never had a power glove. I don't believe I've ever seen one in person, right? And if mm. I have, I've forgotten about it. I, it might not have come out in Australia, right? Mm. Do you know if it came out in Australia? Now I'm going into this rabbit hole. I. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if it was actually out in Australia, mm. just because it was so popular in yeah. terms of the hype for it. It was a horrible controller, but... Um... So how does it work exactly? Now, I mean, my, my question obvious. is, my question is, Swinney, on this one is, mm. this wasn't made by Nintendo, right? No. Now, this is the risk, Mike. This is a risk, in my mm. opinion. <laughs> this is not a D-pad made by Nintendo, right? Mm-mm. It's like fairly finicky and they want to make good money on this, right? Mm. And third-party controllers have always been, almost to this day, terrible, right? Outside mm-hmm. of the ones where you pay heaps extra. I worry that the, the actual inputs that you make are so finicky and you have misfires and the pad doesn't work properly. I think this is, to me, almost the worst controller. Uh, maybe. I don't know. This I still is, feel like having the tactile thing in your hand. I, I, I'm much better with my You have to wear it as a power glove, though. You have to wear it as a power yeah, glove. Yeah. Mm. But I feel like I, I'm way more coordinated with my hands than my feet. So that's automatically <laughs> an advantage to the power glove. Now, my feet are horrible. I can't I, I can't even play the dance dance game, let alone trying to beat Dark Souls with that thing. Now, now Swinny, we both How does know this work? I'm a beast on the bongos. <laughs> I'm a beast on the bongos. But how do you? I crush the like, bongos. What, what, whenever I, whenever I played this, so <laughs> don't when they set up. I don't know the exact mechanic behind it, but you yeah. you're able to like tap the side to get a different input than like on the top. Oh. So like clap, left you can tap, clap. That's a different yeah, input, right? Clap, wow. um, and things like that. Um, people have managed to do it with the bongos. So let's say they've hooked it up the same way those people have been able to do it. You know? Yeah. So um, now what well, I'll I say is dead, this then. was made by Nintendo. <laughs> 
mic. So it's more reliable, you reckon? It, I reckon, like, I've used this, right? It's super precise. Like, the inputs are super... Like, this is all timing-based games. They, It's never the controller's fault. Okay. Now, yeah, I, at a minimum, are picking this over this because mm. I need precision. I don't know about how many inputs I've got here, right? And then with this one, uh, DDR pad. Now, <clears throat> the question I have, Swinney, is it two? Like, the classic arcade style? I'm trying to remember is it one? people... I'm trying to remember what people generally do it with. Um, let's say you've got two. Let's say it's a pair of the pads. Okay. Now, I've got to be real. I think it's like I would... So you're, you've got the two pads and then obviously because it, you've got a built-in interface, right? Yeah. You've, you can kind of set it up how you want. I think, Mike, I'm picking the pads. The pads? I think you've got more okay. input options. These things are really accurate as well because it's all timing-based, so they need to make sure that they work or else people get really frustrated. I'm going mm. with the pads. Did he ought to save my life? So there's a, some of the people I'm looking at. I like how this is did, a photoshopped image, by the way. Yeah, no. Some of the... <laughs> this is awesome. All the videos I'm seeing generally have one pad that people are playing Dark Souls one with pad, for DDR. Geez. Yeah. I so wait, is the question one pad then? hard with two. So let's, let's change it to one because that seems to be the common yeah, way yeah, to do it. I'm what sticking I can with see. the glove. I'm sticking with the glove. I feel like... The problem is I don't know exactly how the glove works. Other than the buttons on it, what else does it do? Well, you can program it. You can squeeze your hand and it does something, I remember. Okay, cool. But I don't think so you need to do attack. that. But you've got the, your details. Does it register movements or anything like that? No, no, not like that. Well, there's look, there's tons of... Oh, you're talking about... Sorry, I thought you were talking about... Power glove. The power glove, glove he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how the power glove works, but it is, as Indigot was saying, it is wildly inaccurate. Um, okay. Yeah, I think the power stuff. glove is well, like then clearly the worst. Well, I would just go for like a, a, a Havel build. Just tank it all. <laughs> <laughs> Slow rolls I everything, I just take flesh. all the hits. All right, this is a good question. We'll... So, Mike, you've gone for the power glove. I'm going with the I've power gone glove, I've yeah. gone DDR, and I would definitely I'm go Donkey, dead, won't I? Donkey Konga, like Bongo is, is, is my second pick. This is okay. like by nice. far the last. Nice. How about you, Swinney? What, what would you pick? I actually, I think the, the DDR pad as well. Yeah. But I think um, fitness level is a big factor. Mm. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Hey, hey I'll no, die think about it. before I'll die. No, no, you're thinking about it all the wrong way. You, you could actually save your life and renew your and life. Get fit. Ah. <laughs> you come out of the room fucking beefcake swimming. There's no, there's no, no time awesome. constraint in this, right? I could well, be doing that for thing. the next it 10 de- years. I think it depends on um, on uh, if, if they did put a time constraint. But I didn't add a time constraint to the question, no. That so, is good. Um, I like that. Yeah. I like that. All right, let's move into the games that we've been playing. Uh, I'll start with me. So there's been... Quite a few games I've clocked this week, but I can't talk nice. about them because they sort of, uh-huh. they give away a bit of the top 10, you know, this mysterious uh-huh. top 10 that we're all doing, mm, counting from okay. 10 to 1, a bit of hype for a couple of segments Be- away. Beaten all 10. <laughs> I've actually beaten like three or four games, 100%, right? Wow. Um, and I've also been playing, I guess this will give it away that this won't be in the list, given what I just said, uh, Castlevania Circle of the Moon. Man, mm. the Castlevania... Advanced series. You haven't played... Have you played these, uh, Mike? No. Damn, a little bit of some them, of the advanced man. stuff, but yeah. I feel like they're right up my alley, right? It mm. always offends me when you were said <laughs> to be like the Metroidvania person I know, on the I show. I know, I have played some of those games. Know, and it's, it's like, yeah, these games are so... Like, I was literally just casually... And I've said this before on the show. If I play these for five minutes, I'm like... 
balls deep in them. <laughs> like, you're like, I'm already 25% so, through. Well, not very deep at all. Castlevania, balls of the moon. Uh, <laughs> I like that Castle of like. the moon, like that opening music track in the first stage, it's just, yeah. oh, it just hooks me every time. I love it. And as cool as the Dead Cell stuff stuff that's coming is, it actually made me more sad in a way, because I'm like, why do I, like, there's so many Metroidvanias coming out. The, the Castlevania IP is just so rich that, having a full-blown Metroidvania, Castlevania game is just free money. Mm. Free mm. money. Like, what are they doing? They could spit one of these out every year using different studios. Fuck. Anyway, Circle of the Moon is pretty cool. And it's, to me, by far the worst of the three advanced Castlevania games. So, like, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to go back and play them all. But how about you, Mike? What have you been playing? Right, so, uh, as, as you guys would all know, The Witcher 3 Enhanced Edition is out so i've been smashing that a little bit um a couple of things about it number one some performance issues that people have experienced on pc specifically um i noticed some of that too if i have ray tracing on but once you put ray tracing off ran beautifully on my 3070 can i just say like why the fuck is like the pc version of games so shit now it's amazing it's I, like honestly it's not well shit is in the RT thing completely tanks it. Yeah, but like Elden Ring, Elden Ring is still a bit funny for a lot of people. I right? I, I don't know. I feel like they, they still prioritize consoles yeah. maybe in yeah. some of those games. And yeah, PC just has so many different permutations Variations and combinations and stuff, yeah. that drivers and people and older drivers and I don't know. But yeah. anyway, it it runs runs well. looks looks beautiful even without ray tracing on. Um, it's a shame that I can't have it with ray tracing on. I mean, I could. It's just that it tanks it a little too much. And then you compromise on other things if you're trying to get it stable. Um, but um, I did notice a few more bugs than normal. And I don't know if that's because of all the integrated mods. Things that I just don't remember being that prevalent in the previous version of it, if you could call it that. Just NPCs kind of disappearing. Conversations not starting properly. Just weird little things like that that I'm thinking, is that actually what was in the original game? Because I continued my game, right? I haven't replayed it to to be able to compare apples with apples. Mm. I just continued the, the save. So maybe that, that was always the case in those locations. I don't know. I mean, the original game and like, you know, still had bugs. So... Yeah, but I thought they would have ironed it by now, right? As in the... Yeah, um, Mike, pre- I like... Enhanced edition. It's amazing. CDPR rushing a game to get a hit a release yeah. date, given that they committed to 2022, the end of 2020. I just couldn't imagine that from this studio. Like, jeez. Unheard Completely of. Completely unprecedented. But just unprecedented. In, say- <laughs> in saying that, um, really enjoying it. Looks beautiful. Um, one of the coolest additions, in my opinion, is the, the cross-platform saves. Now, previously, you guys would remember that I was playing it between Switch and PC, because that was the only two versions that were compatible, which was a shame. Uh, now it's compatible across all the platforms. Um, oh, I didn't Switch actually know that. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. that's kind of so, cool, actually. Shit. It actually is really cool because mm. um, I've been playing between <clears throat> the lounge room where I've got the TV and the computer where I've obviously got it on PC. Um, so it's Xbox switching over to, um, to PC and it's been really good. Um, there's a few little tiny quirks as in it forgets HUD settings and stuff like that. So you got to reset it up between the two. Um, and there's a, there's a few other things that aren't quite the same, but by and large, it's, it's freaking awesome. The fact that you can do something like that. And to me, strangely enough, that's actually one of the coolest things about it. Um, <laughs> other than of course, it I looks get it. If, much it changes, nicer. if it changes how you're playing it, right? Like it is pretty massive. 
Because you can kind of just go and move to a different room. Yeah. So you can play it on the Series X in your case, I'm guessing you have it on, and then on the Switch, right? Uh, so you've yeah, kind of got the best of both I can worlds. go on the Switch, yeah. 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 So it's yeah. like I go between three rooms and I can... Which I know sounds crazy, and, and it's cool to be able to have that ability to do that, but it is three completely different systems and three completely different rooms. But it is kind of cool that you can continue the exact same game it does look vastly different, especially between the Switch and the PC version, especially now. Mm. But it's still, it's, it's, it's an awesome thing. So the other, um, sorry, did you guys, did, did any of you guys actually try the Enhanced Edition yet? Um, no, I think it's called the Complete Edition, isn't it? Oh, the, oh I thought the Complete Edition was, I don't, I don't know. I thought it was called so Game of the Year Edition it. Part 2. Yeah, so but I it's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a free upgrade <laughs> to anyone that already has a Witcher 3. Um, yeah. But no, I haven't tried it. I... I don't know. Maybe I'll go back to it eventually. Um, the thing is, I've beaten that game four times, and I think that's kind of an, wow. enough to last me for a long time, to be honest. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. The Witcher 3, but, um, you know, there's like, if they turned around and said, oh, it's a completely new set of achievements, of course I'd jump into it. I'm, I'm, I'm they should have done more, that, but, <laughs> but, um, but no, look, I, it's a shame, especially for those PC players, because, um, mm. you know, like that, as, as Cynthia got saying, like, CDPR, like... You you gotta land these releases, man. You gotta land them. You like you burnt your goodwill, mm. and you're just starting to rebuild it a bit. Um, you gotta land them. Yeah, I, I've got it on PC. I actually <laughs> don't know where I've got it. I can't remember if it's Steam or not. Yep. Uh, I, I, check. I you actually just reminded me. I epic I was, game, I was, free I was game talking last week about trying to yeah, figure out where I was epic. playing Ultima. Maybe it's epic. Yeah, where you where you did you find out? Yeah, when epic you were playing had it for free. No. Ultima? Still couldn't. I looked more and more and more. <laughs> the only thing I could possibly think of is it was the the NES or the SNES version on one of my handhelds. Wow. That's still because there is a SNES version. Yeah, um, there is a SNES version. I've so that as well. maybe yeah. on that because I know I had yeah, a copy okay. of that, but I'm I'm confused as hell to this day where the hell I had that game and where I played it. Did you it's... narrow it down by actually finding out like the places where it's available first? Yes, I did. I Googled okay. it. I'm like, okay, which platforms has it? Blah, blah, blah. I even tried, I thought maybe it was through through an online DOSBox thing. Nah, hmm. it wasn't through that. So anyway, I'm confused as hell to this day. So I don't know if I, I, I could have bought it through like Humble Bum, Humble Bumble, Humble, <laughs> um, Humble Bundle or something. Or Humble some, Bumble. Some thing like that. <laughs> I just don't right. remember what now. Uh, anyway, that, that's that's still a mystery that that's left. However, the SNES version, by the way, because I, I was gonna, I'm like, hey, I could just continue playing that or something. Um, it's quite a different addition to what was on PC. Apparently, they stripped a lot out. Yeah. They changed a lot of the story. Mm. Um, it was a, kind of a different game <laughs> to the PC version. Weirdly More enough, family played, friendly. I think it's Ultima Seven. I think I played that on PC, yeah, the and then is that on SNES? That's the one that's yeah, on SNES. Yeah, yeah. I played the one bo- I'm trying to Weirdly play, enough, I played I both of them on PC and SNES. So yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I figured it out. It's uh, GOG that I have The Witcher Perfect. 3. This that's is back the, in the day where I'm like, oh, I'll support this little studio, this you know indie studio that does <laughs> good the by the player. So I got it on that. I, <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I played I do want to go back to Witcher. And now with all these updates and everything. It's so that's weird, awesome. though. You go on GOG, and if I click on Witcher 3, it says I can buy it. Right, I'm like, mm, okay, weird. that's weird. I'm logged in, right? It says I can buy it, yeah. and then I click on library, and I have it in my library. I'm like, why does it not just show me that I, I have it, yeah, not that weird. I should buy it? It's Unless fucking weird. It's because you have just the base game, no, not complete the, edition. You've got the yeah, complete, complete edition. Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. So the other game that um, I played is High on Life, which 
came out a few days ago as well. Um, you guys played it too? I've, I've only played through like the first mission, like mm-hmm. Bounty or whatever you call it. Um, so not a lot, but I just wanted to just at least try it out. Is this on Game Pass PC? Yes. Yeah, that's what. Uh, okay. It's on both, but I've been okay. playing it on Game Pass PC. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, so thoughts. Uh, I really like it. So multiple reasons why I like it. And it's not a perfect game by any means. There's a whole bunch of pretty buggy things and not intentionally buggy. And I'm not talking about the alien bug kind of bugs. Then, I'm talking about actual bug bugs. Just so, for context, this is the Justin Roiland um, yeah, so, game. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. So from like Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Know, so, yeah. Similar sense of humor, all that shit. And you guys know I love, I love Rick and Morty. It's not everyone's cup of tea, um, but I actually find this game a breath of, a, a, a breath of fresh air in the sense that it's it's unique. Um, as a first-person shooter, it's very unique in how it feels. As a world-building, it's quite unique. The The dialogue in it, in it is quite unique. And even little things, which I don't know if you guys will, especially into God, if he likes to just skip a lot of the story and whatnot. Um, if you stay behind to listen to dialogue, those are some of the funniest moments. They're not even like part of the, the, the you know main game itself, if you know what I mean. You could... There could be like a character that that is on the ground after something happens, and you, you're supposed to just walk away and continue the quest. Be like, oh, I'll just hang around for a few minutes and see what he says, and it's <laughs> fucking hilarious the dialogue. Um, so it's little and, and things like that. Can I can I say one thing? I do pay attention to stories when they're good. So like Bioshock, I listen to like a lot of the audio logs and hunt okay. them down and everything like that. It's just it has to be at a certain level, so, not so a Marvel style writing of story. I mean, Which the, the story in this is like I'm not, I'm, I don't want to spoil anything. It's yeah, spoiler further. So far, for it's not exactly <laughs> not in and of itself game. an amazing story, <laughs> but the mini stories within that and and the dialogue is just top notch. I opinion. just so Mike because you you tweeted uh, not tweeted sorry you <laughs> tweeted you messaged us a, a couple account. of things. <laughs> Yeah, um, and I'm like the thing is it's a comedy game, so to me like the jokes and the the um, Easter eggs and stuff are the content of the yeah, game. So that's why I'm like, oh, because I did want to try it. Um, I've only played that. I said like the start of the game. There was one like joke that just made me just I just was laughing my ass off. It. The, Which the, one? Without spoiling, it's it references another game, right? It's like in that first mission um, involving a character that's standing in front of you, and I'm like. I don't tell, want to tell me offline. Tell me offline. I'll yeah. tell you offline, yeah. but it did make me laugh my ass off. And if that continues to happen throughout the game, then then that'll be good. So there's quite a few moments, and again, I don't think it's everyone's cup of tea, but there are a lot of other moments like that where I did just burst out laughing at, mm. and not just the dialogue, but some of the 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 ideas. I'll, I'll wait till you get to let's just say uh, a blue and a red door and. Once you get to that, you'll remember. You'll remember when you get to the blue and the red door. It's it's impossible to miss. Uh, I just want to hear your thoughts whether you you enjoyed that as well. Um, so anyway, like super awesome. Uh, one, I actually watched um, a brief review on on I I think um, I IGN did did one, and it's really funny. They gave it I they gave it a ten, and then a ten. IGN. No, no, just, just this is the funny part. So oh, they're like, okay. oh, mm. ten, amazing, blah blah blah. Mm. And then they play an in-game clip, and the in-game clip is 
the gun talking going oh yeah so like uh so like kotaku ign or uh you know like oh yeah well this is so maybe you guys should like take two points off because of this and then they revise their score and they go like negative two and they go eight eight out of ten <laughs> that's funny <laughs> it's just it's it's hilarious so it's got a lot of those so, sort of fourth wall breaking but well done not not the so far the ones that i kind of cringe at I actually quite enjoyed the the fourth world breaking stuff that they included. It feels really solid gameplay wise. Like I was yeah, not expecting it to like. I knew it was a first person shooter, but I like. I didn't realize it. It's it's like it feels almost like a bit of a throwback, but like a really solid, let's say like early three sixty era first person shooter kind of feel mm. to it. You know, um, and Pretty I don't much, know if yeah. this if this is a first time dev or not. The actual studio behind it. Because uh, the game also looks pretty nice as well. It like, actually really does. Yeah, yeah it does. Is it Unreal it Engine? Not sure. Not sure. I don't know. Honest. So here's a selling point, though, maybe for you, Antigot. Uh, one of the here? guns. One of the guns, and I don't think this is a spoiler or anything. But one of the guns is voiced by Leon Black from Curvy. Well, the character from Curvy Enthusiasm, <laughs> but not the character person. Just the voice of of the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not going to solve. And one. there's some really good. There's some really good dialogue that that comes out of it as well. Yeah, so, yeah like really good. I have to say, you're a good Rick and Morty fan because it's a little bit of the same category as like Megan's, who get a little bit excited about you know what they're doing and high on their own life. So. You don't really push what? the whole Mick and... You know, dude, like, the kind of meme around Rick and Morty fans are like, how it's so revolutionary and you have to watch it. It's the greatest show of all time, rah, rah, rah. I so. wouldn't say it's the greatest show of all time, but it's it's smart. I think it's actually really smart. The Not just the writing itself, but the ideas behind the show and the philosophy behind the show. And some of the episodes are some of my favorite writing in terms of the... The philosophy behind what happens with the characters. Yeah. And um, Swinney, it seems to be the same dev that did Trover Saves the Universe, the VR game by Justin uh, Rowling. Done that oh, okay, then. that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Which highly, is still, by the recommend. way, like a top 10 VR game every month. Wow. Like that game always sells really well. So, yeah. Highly but it, it's, on, it's on Game Pass. Okay. So there's, there's yeah, like a half console. a chance that I will just like play yeah. it. And see how it goes. The so. the only the only thing that I would that in the back of my mind I'm hesitant to to continue. Otherwise, I'll, just, I'll probably be smashing this game. Is there are complete big game breaking bugs that I've read about. I think two or three from memory oh, wow. that can completely lock you up, and you'd have to restart the entire save. They're patching it pretty quick. They're patching like, it. There's been yeah. multiple patches. But then I'm already, like, ah, so. I should probably just wait, you know, maybe a week or something till they resolve mm-hmm. the major ones. The minor ones, yeah, whatever. I don't, don't care about as much. But the major ones like that, I would be kind of pissed. Especially because I explore everything and I wait there to listen to the conversations because I find them hilarious. And yeah, spent quite a bit of time doing that side stuff that it'd be really annoying if you just get to one of those annoying bugs of 10 hours or something. Yeah, uh, yeah so that's me. What nice. about you, Swinney? Well, I've only got one game to talk about. Before I get there, I just wanted to show you guys this that finally arrived. <gasps> My copy. Oh, that's cool, man. That Ender sick. Lilies. Ender that Lilies. really cool, um, yeah. Which was our game of the year last year. The official year. global mm. game of the year last year. Uh, yes. Ender Lilies, <laughs> Quest of the Nights, uh, a great Metroidvania. Um, yeah. Interestingly enough, I don't know how Limited Run works, and that's what I was going to ask you guys with this again. Um it was a local package. 
It wasn't no, an international local. package. So it was it was mailed to me in a limited run box from another place in I live in Victoria, so another place mm-hmm. in Victoria. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, how does that work? Do they send it all to a distribution center within that state? That in, makes sense. Or is it multiple different states? Maybe. It's like is it just happened to be Victoria that is limited run in Australia? It was, yeah. just what they, it was surprising. So. I'd imagine they probably have a hub in... It could just be a coincidence it was in, from Victoria. Yeah, it could be yeah. that they have well, a I hub think in Victoria. And Victoria they and New South Wales are the most likely places, right? Out of Anywhere, so. yeah. yeah, and then just anyway. redistribute. Cool, Thanks, yeah. So awesome, I'm probably... I don't know if I'll... I, I don't know if I'll open it, actually. I might leave it sealed because um, I've got it already. Sealed! Oh, could sealed, be worth something. Sealed! Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if, like, the limited run stuff is actually, like, worth stuff because it's, like, mm. I think, like, in the future, like, limited... It wouldn't surprise me if limited run games releases aren't kind of factored into that collecting market as much as, you know, like, know. a regular release, let's say. So, but... Uh, you, never, you never know. I mean, people pay what they hmm. want to pay and it might be that... It's a very limited thing. Like, for example, the Mass Effect. The Mass Effect statues that I bought yonks ago. I don't remember. It was, it was created by a third party. And from memory, it wasn't even like a well-known third, third party mm. thing. But I just purely think that because they're so ridiculously limited for such a classic game that they might be worth something regardless of whether it was like a... Mm. But anyway, we'll see. Well, the game I'm going to talk about, I mentioned it last week, is Yakuza Like a Dragon. So mm. I played a damn lot of this game uh, this week even though I, I was quite sick um i still managed to put in like 40 50 40 to 50 hours into this Whoa, game um it is a beast of a game like if you care about the story and you watch all the cutscenes uh and everything like that it is it is a 50 hour game so it's it's a long ass game like and some of those cutscenes are really long and um they do drag out even though i really like the story it's like it's weird it's like it's all about politics and obviously the whole like actual japanese politics and obviously the different tri- uh, like yakuza clans and all the stuff but it's just really cool like cool characters i part of me does want to go and play through all the other yakuza games now <laughs> but it's like the time it's like oh man there's basically like yakuza zero through to six and that's that's seven bloody games and you know i'm sure they're not all as long as this but um and the thing is i'm actually just up to like the final like boss area now so i'm about to beat the game but it is i've probably got another 30 40 hours if i want to do 100 percent. so it's a long game but i really really like it um it is just cool like, it's just a cool game and something about the world like the amount of detail that is in this world it's not the most beautiful looking game but the amount of detail to put into just like bottles on a table or like cds on in a cd case and stuff and it's kind of wild because they've built up all these assets and these areas that they've reused throughout all the the different games so by the time they get to like yuxa 7 they're able to just go, okay, we've got all these assets. We don't need to recreate them. Especially like this, the main map, or not the main map in this game, but it's Camarocho is like the main area in most of the Yakuza games. And you go there in this and you're like, man, there's like entire office buildings decked out and there's nothing in here in this game. And it's because it's in other games. So they're able to just copy, not sure there's more than copy and paste, but they're able to take advantage of it. But it's so detailed and it's got that Sega polish, um, which is really, really cool. But... The one 
big negative I feel about the game, and this is an issue a lot of people have, is the game's pretty, pretty. I wouldn't say easy, but it's pretty like it's doable. You don't need to like you know stress too much until you get a certain point in the game, and it hits this massive difficulty spike. Yeah, I've heard about this. I've heard about this. That, and it's like. Basically, just before that difficulty spike, they introduce you to this battle arena. And they're like, oh, and this is, you can do this. You can come back and do this. And blah, blah, blah. it's like, okay, you should probably do this, but it's op- <laughs> it is optional, right? And I'm like, man, I've been breezing through everything. I'm going to come back here when I've got a better party so I can just breeze through this battle arena, right? I got absolutely creamed. And basically that, by, those, by that difficulty spike. And that basically means, like, that battle arena is not optional. It's basically mandatory to level you up <laughs> for the next part. And it's just sh- shitty game design. Like, make, build it in. make Or just don't have the difficulty spike at all. It's mm-hmm. like, so, but that was one kind of, you know, bad strike against a game that I really, really enjoy. Um, it's just cool characters cool story and um yeah just really really like uh, like a dragon so and yeah it's gonna be um i feel like this is gonna be almost like it, it's too far to say this is a cult hit but do you know where i'm coming from i think the the quality of these games has not caught like the the sorry the reception and the widespread mm. appeal of these games hasn't caught up with the quality of them and I do feel like this this series like podcast because <laughs> the next game, what is it going to be called? Like a Dragon Eight, I think it's going to be called. Yeah. So the f- and I think it's a great move that they finally moved away from the Western only name of Yakuza and they're bringing yeah. closer to the Japanese one. I mean, the series was only in Japan for so long. You know, like I can't mm. remember the first. It may have been even Yakuza Three was the first game potentially. I don't know off the top of my head, but um, it took ages to come outside of Japan and. It is basically just, it's just a love letter to, like, Sega games. Like, I was mentioning, you know, I was playing all Virtual Fighter 2 and Virtual 5 in there, Virtual Fighter 5 and everything. Um, actually, one funny thing is, and I didn't I didn't realize it until afterwards, but there's a job system in the game, right? Because it's a turn-based JRPG, yeah. in, in a way. A job system where you change classes from, like, hero to, like, you know, enforcer and all this stuff. But the actual place you go to change your jobs out is actually the in-game equivalent of Centrelink. So you go to a job center to change your jobs. <laughs> I it's just like I did. I didn't click until afterwards that the like that is it's on the nose. But I just didn't. It just made me laugh so much when That's I realized. So. That's awesome. But yeah, I <laughs> look. Touch. I think it's. I think it's worth worth playing for you know for most people. Just be aware the cutscenes are really long and there's a lot of them. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. And that does us all for the games that we've been playing this week. And we've only got... What was that, Mike? I gotta go pee, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, go, 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 go. I don't think you're going to be that interested in the next story. Um, I love how, like, we've... I've switched to the host just in case Swinney has to go and then Mike's the first to go. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> very on brand, very on brand. All right, we only have uh, one new story and then we'll jump into our top ten list but whoa what a new story uh i I need to rewrite this on the fly but swinney i've got a question for you Mm. we've seen miracles before parting of the red sea some dude walking on water turning said water into wine heck we've seen that said dude come back a la call of duty zombies mode but what is the greatest what's the last great miracle that's happened well something that will make you believe in the lord himself 
has come down and touched us with his presence. Stop. Wait. Don't answer. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. We've got a Christmas miracle, Swinney. It's a bloody Amiibo Nanza. New Amiibo. Future releases and restocks. So Nintendo this week has announced <laughs> that Sephiroth from I Final thought you Fantasy. were going to tell me new F-Zero was on the way. <laughs> or Star Fox or something. Uh, we've got Kaiza and uh, Sephiroth coming uh, as purchases. So on the 13th of Jan, right around the corner. Um, so these has been confirmed. You can buy them right now. So you can get them off EB Games, off uh, Australia's My Nintendo Store or JB Hi-Fi. Um, they've also announced and released images of Pyra and Mithra from Xenoblade Chronicles 2, of course, with a 2023 date. But Swinney, very conspicuously, they've said nothing about Sora. Nothing in the announcements. Mm. Remember back to um, Sakurai, n- did not mention Sora at all. Sora, the last, the last remaining one? Yes. And I think it would be almost perfect and poetic... If Sora is not released as an amiibo, <laughs> and it will literally be, literally be the only Smash amiibo that's not released. <laughs> that, that I'm sure it can't happen. I'm sure uh, I, that they will have Sora. Uh, I've got a question for you to go. Yes, yes. If they said, hey, we're going to release a Sora amiibo, but it's exclusive to, I don't know, let's say Disney World or whatever, right? Yeah, and you've got to fly over to the US <laughs> to go there to be able to get your amiibo. Would you do it? No, of course not. Okay, okay. Mm. I, like as much as you think I'm crazy, I'm, actually I'm not surprised. that crazy. I'm actually no, surprised. I don't know. I don't know. No, I I'm not that crazy. The craziest <laughs> thing I did was get like I ordered and then got a reshipper to send me a gold shovel knight amiibo because I wasn't sure if it's going to come out and in Australia. I really wanted of Animal Crossing amiibo cards. Yeah, but that's that's a present. That's a present. So I don't think that's that crazy. I mean, that's just like people buying Pokemon cards, right? Um, okay. okay. No, and like, okay, with the boxes, uh, like on that, what's smarter? Buying random packs and then having to buy so much or buying a box where they literally have every single one in the, the collection. Yeah, it's I get the box. way smarter to buy the whole thing in one go. I can afford it. I'm fortunate enough to be able to afford it. Sorry, I don't know what I missed, but this this you is missed the relevant... greatest intro to the news story and the most high energy. Damn it! They're making a new F Zero, Mike. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so it 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 uh, it reminds me. This whole Amiibo collection thing reminds me of you guys know that I had don't have any more. Hopefully, had yeah, a on. problem with collecting Hot Wheels. It's a very relevant piece of information. I totally deserve that. Um, I <laughs> so I I started my entire uh, Hot Wheels collection problem when I started collecting Corvette cars. Welcome back. Uh, anyway, now that I stopped collecting them after probably buying about, I don't know if I'm exaggerating when I say there's a thousand of them. Maybe, maybe slightly exaggerating. Yeah, you but should it's a never lot. have a go at me about anything. No, no, no I'm not. The, I'm not having I can a go. see the headline this, now. Also, Local man is, dies when pile of hot wheels, hot wheels falls on his head. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I can improve that headline. Local minimalist dies because <laughs> yeah, right, thousands true. of hot wheels that have killed him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. So, so now after all that, now that I stopped buying that crap, they are testing me. So what I was saying into God is that I started this entire thing by purely buying Corvettes. That was it. I only collected like 
maybe 15, 20 Corvettes. And that was it. Like, that was the thing mm. that I wanted. Just a bunch of little toy Corvettes. And then that branched out into just about any other freaking car they had. Now they've released, finally, eight, like, collector's Corvettes. Right now, right when I can't buy the shit anymore, they released exactly, like, the thing that I wanted all this time. So this is the ultimate test. If I can resist buying these, then I can resist buying anything, I reckon. If you trick your mind into thinking that they're actually food, maybe you can buy them. I suppose I could chop the cardboard off. <laughs> that, that was your condition. Too. You can spend money on food. <laughs> or shelter. The shelter. Yeah, yeah shelter. But you, but you know what? I'm excited to hear more ads. about Amiibo, Intergut. <laughs> anyway, yeah, sorry. Let's go back to the Amiibos. Um, so, yeah, we're going to... So, the, the, so, there's five... Sorry, really, technically, four characters left in terms of Smash. So we've already got, you know, uh, Sephiroth and Kaiza coming out. So of the two, of the four, and then um, Pyramithra. They're going to have separate Amiibos, but I think they're going to probably have a dual pack in Australia. And then, like I said, Sora, we don't know if it's coming. I think it's going to come. I think everyone's getting paranoid that it's not going to come because they're like, oh, it's so hard to negotiate with Disney and get the toy made and stuff. I'm like, there's so many Sora toys out there. There's like literally... Mm. Sora toys from Funko, from everywhere. So I can't imagine that would be a problem. Yeah, and look... The and it'd be part of the deal. Merchandise of toys, and like Disney, this, Disney does that all the time. Yeah, you know, so. and, and the idea that they would have signed off on Sora knowing... Because they wouldn't have... It's not like they do it and then negotiate. They do it as part of the negotiation of... They're a professional company, Nintendo, unlike some companies, right? And it's like, they'd be like, okay... It's going to be in the game. We can do this. We can't do this. And we're going to make an amiibo out of it. They would not agree without doing the amiibo, I think. Because I, even mm. for Nintendo, it would be such a bad look to release. What is it, Swinny? There's like 82 characters in Smash, I think. Oh, God, no. I, I can't remember. Because like, like, uh, like I said, every single character so far has an amiibo. And some variations mm. as well, as I'll touch on in a second. So it's like to have one of the whole roster... Not having amiibo is like I personally think is really funny, even as someone who collects a lot of amiibo. It's still missing the most important one. Which one? Female Byleth. Yeah, dude, dude. I'd like. I literally was My so main, damn it. Uh, I know. As in, they don't. They don't have one at all. No. Those. So what it is is because in the Fire Emblem games, you can pick a male or female. So there's not like a true protagonist, oh, right. but. For whatever reason, Nintendo went with male Byleth as... Even though they always get criticized about having too many male characters in Smash, you think it's the best opportunity to pick a female version. Hmm. Anyway, I'm so pissed that they didn't make the female P2. Anyway, the last thing I wanted to update is, and this is pretty big news for Amiibo insane people, that every single Fire Emblem franchise Amiibo has been reprinted and available again, right? Even ones from like five years ago. Uh, in I, I guess it's because of Fire Emblem Engage coming up, which has a lot of historical characters and has a lot of Amiibo crossover in it. Um, and you can buy them right now on my Nintendo store. And soon, I'm guessing EB or Gamesman or JB Hi-Fi or in Australia. <laughs> well, and then on that, dude. So I, well, I guess I was going to ask the question, but I'll just say it myself. I've got all these Amiibo, right? <laughs> like, but <laughs> what did you grab? <laughs> no, no. But so, like, there was a Tell bunch us. that I was missing. There was a bunch that I was missing, right? And I'll give you an example. It's like Corrin P two, like Amiibo, that would sell like regularly for like one hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars. Just that. So it's like ten times Plastic the RRP. Molly and like Salika, Tiki, like all these characters. They're like selling for like hundred bucks each. 
can buy an actual Celica for that price. So I grabbed like a whole bunch of them. Like every one that I was missing, I just said, all right, I'm buying them all. And You're loaded. So. It sounds, no, I'm not loaded, but I'm fortunate. Um, but yeah, like, so I was happy, man. And I felt, loaded. I felt, yeah. uh, I feel so bad for people. I was looking at eBay, right? Someone had just bought like Corrin P2 for like 350 bucks Oof. the day before these reprints were announced. Oof. And that was loose, Oof. loose, Ouch. not even in the box. Sealed. Ouch. Sealed. So, and unfortunately at the time of writing, Salika and Corrin P2 are already sold out on my Nintendo store. <laughs> so oh, it's like brutal. damn. Well, it's eBay. But if someone's so obsessed, what I would <sighs> recommend is keep your eye on EB and on Gamesman and JB Hi-Fi because I think they'll have them available. That's uh, as part of the secret Nintendo press release that I've got access to. Um, nice. So Wait, they're going to go... Have a bot that that figured these things out? Well, I do, but I don't, I, don't I don't use it. I don't okay. use it. Okay. I don't use it. I'm not mm. a scalper or anything like that. No, no, you don't resell them. I know that. No, no, I don't you resell them. You just collect them, them for yourself. I just collect them. Just they just go and I unfortunately I didn't remember exactly which ones I had and didn't. So I just like I better buy them again. Yeah, just in case. It's only 150 <laughs> it's, bucks a pop. Not a problem. <laughs> no, no, no. These are twenty. These are twenty a pop. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Twenty's so. all right. Especially when you put it relative to one fifty. That's not oh, bad. Like, <laughs> like with the amiibo stuff. The thing is, if I sold them all, I would. I'd make a lot of money. You'll like, put your kids through college, basically. <laughs> yeah. I would make a lot of money pretty easily. So, yes, I was pretty excited about that. Um, our little Amiibo topic, Swinney. I, look, really it cool. took us over 100 episodes and over two years to get an Amiibo news story as the headliner and sole <laughs> news story true. on the entire show. It is big week in Amiibo, <laughs> finally. Finally. And I think it's valid this time. I literally bought 13 Amiibo. It's extremely valid. <laughs> Can I ask you do, you, do you or anyone you know actually use them for their intended purpose? I have. Amiibos? I have. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've used them I before. actually use the Mart. Like, when, when Amiibos were, like, a new thing and mm. Smash 4 was out, I actually did use the Mart Amiibo oh, I've got so up like there. So, like, you used it once, like, 10 years ago. <laughs> no, no, but, like, no, I actually used it because you could, like, you'd, like, train it up as, like, a mm. CPU fighter and level it up. I actually used it quite a bit, but the other ones, nah. I just bought them because they're my Smash mains, so... Well, like, Metroid 2 Samus Returns actually has... Like, it's probably the most egregious Amiibo, and I think it also... <laughs> I could do, like, a Amiibo lore history. I think it also <laughs> marks the point when Nintendo stopped making really key exclusive features as part of Amiibo. Mm. So with Metroid 2 Samus Returns, it was like fusion mode from memory was locked behind an Amiibo and like extra stuff was locked behind the Amiibo and they were really hard wow. to get. Like I bought them straight away sucks. and like they sold out and it, like they had one reprint and that was it. So it was like, fuck, like people, and they were, they're literally some of the coolest Amiibo. It's like a Metroid people, and squishy and mm, everything. It's fucking really. But people cool. just started selling the like the RF chips on eBay and stuff like mm. that, didn't they? Yeah, and I think Still. on that, like, I totally get why people do that. You see that more so in the Animal Crossing space because to get the specific card you want can be so with Animal Crossing, you can actually beep the amiibo and then that villager will come to your village. So some people wanted specific villagers to come, so they'll just like- buy the cards. You can buy them like a counterfeit card. Wasn't there like a do. famous, like, defective amiibo? Was it like a Samus one or something? 
There's been That's ones, but there's been misprints and stuff like that where yeah, they've like, got two arms one of them and stuff. Rare. One of them, what? yeah, being like really rare. There's um, one where it's like um, Samus, she's got two arm cannons, like oh, arm cannon sick. on the side. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> That'd be super one. rare. They're not worth That'd anything. Awesome. There's not really? like, yeah. <laughs> I like how I really genuinely know all this shit. Um, they don't really sell for anything. Like Damn. people were trying to push it as a, like a thing. The one that I actually think is really cool, some people have the proto, I don't know how they got their hands on it. They've got, I guess, because people would just go, this is junk in China. <laughs> this is just plastic junk. Throw it out, right? That's probably how they got their hands on it. But some people have got prototypes of the Amiibo. So, like, huh. the early renditions of what it could look like and stuff. I think that's pretty cool. That but, is um, cool. Yeah, I, mean, I don't if know. You're collecting if, it, that is really cool. I mean, Swinny, are you going to think about getting Sephiroth? Um, cool. I mean, I was even. It looks pretty it. cool. Yeah. I'll consider it. I'll consider. It. I mean, I did. I'd like playing Sephiroth, but I mean, it's been ages since we played Smash in general. So, yeah, that's true. Um, I think I just wanted to collect the people that I just played you all mean, the time yeah. with. So, yeah, but, um, but yeah, I've collected the ones that I play with and don't play with, and play you play with, and basically all of them. <laughs> I I haven't checked. I haven't done a stock check on my amiibo collection, but I have most amiibo now. Like, there's a few, but I don't buy, like, if it's not RRP. So there's, like, a few that is just, like, they're literally, like, $700 now. Some of the ones. So, anyway. All right. Do you want to get into oh, the last last bit, Sweeney? Yeah. The massive segment. Big segment we've wanted yes. to do for ages. Yeah. So we're finally doing each of our personal top 10 favorite games of all mm-hmm. time. Of all time. Brand new concept. No one's ever done this. <laughs> so I've pre-baked a version. I mean, we ha- we can lock this in if you want, boys. Yep, lock it in. So for the Done. audio listeners, we've got Mike as... <laughs> starting from the first game, Fortnite, Call of Duty Warzone, Apex Legends, Overwatch 2, Valorant, Genshin Impact, Hearthstone, League, uh, LOL, League of Legends, Dota 2, and Pokemon Legends Arceus. Are you happy to just lock those in, Mike? Yes, absolutely happy. <laughs> I mean, uh, mm, I don't know about... The order isn't quite right, but that that's, that was pretty good. There weren't any Mario games in there. Come on. Yeah, nah. True, true, nah, true. Because I actually kind of half like them. <laughs> so maybe like a quick rundown of the process. Like, Swinny, before we... We'll start from 10 and we'll... we'll, we'll do you want to snake our way up? Is that how we want to do it? So yeah, you start let's, with 10. Let's, let's snake. Let's snake. Let's I snake think, it up. Uh, let's snake our yeah, way up. Yeah. Mike will understand what that means when we get to so it. Do the Mario Kart <laughs> DS strats. Um, but Swinney, uh, what was your process of coming up with your list? So I actually already had a list. I did next to <laughs> zero prep for this feature, even though it's a feature I've wanted to do for ages, because I already had a list that the file name is called Top 50 Games. But when I went in the file name, this is something I did like months ago. It's actually my top 100 games, even though it's called top 50. So I already had a top 100 list um, that, look, I'm sure after like the 30, like there's probably a lot where I'm like, okay, I just couldn't be bothered like sorting the rest of them. But the good thing is I'm actually able to look up anything you guys have that's on here and see where I ranked it in my top 100. So, um, but yes, I do have my top 10, of course. Awesome. And and you, Mike? Uh so I have a pretty eclectic taste in games. I think generally, I mean, there's preferences that I have, but I tend to play quite a diverse different range of games. A diverse um, different range of games. Yes, I agree. Yes. Got to double up <laughs> on that. So I think you'll find the list that I have is, 
Well, actually, now that I think about it, it's probably geared towards a particular genre. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. Me, it's, going. <laughs> now that I think about it, it probably kind of is. <laughs> so I actually did start off with, hey, let's let's look at it more from a, 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 my top 10 games across different genres and stuff. But then in the end, I think it kind of just became what are the most memorable, impactful games that I've played? And quite a few of them are part of a series. So then I had to really sit down and think, well, which game in the particular series was actually really, truly my favorite and why? And I have notes as to why why each one is the case. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the details and I'll explain explain more about each one and why. Yeah. And so for me, I... I listed a whole bunch of stuff just off of my memory, right? So like, oh, these are all games that, you know, highly impactful, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Then I also went through just all these other lists. So I had like 522 games on the list. And then I was like sorting through kind of like passes, if that makes sense. It's like, would this even be in the zone? You know what I mean? Like, blah, 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 blah. And then go through those and like, okay, is this like for sure going to be in a top 10? And it got really hard at the end. I got to like 15 games and it was like brutal. And one thing that I would say that I did and, you know, be interested to see what you guys landed on. And then maybe Swinney, we can start with you um, mm. in your 10th favorite game of all time. And we should say that these are for anyone in the comments, the definitive 10 top 10 games. So were we, we going to throw any honorable mentions in there? Or? Yeah, I think we can do it as we go. Like I'm going to okay. probably cover it as I go to certain games. That's how I'm going to do it. Okay. Um, but I'll say the way that I did it, and it's not like saying it's right or wrong or you should or shouldn't, is I tried to keep it to, well, actually I did in the end. I just kept it to one game per series. And the reason is because I think there's a few series that for me personally, I'll end up having too many games in the top 10. And it's like, it's just kind of killing the rest of the games. So there's probably one or two games that if I ranked it purely would actually be in the top 10, if that makes any sense to you guys. Hmm. So, but that's just the way I did it. So I know that's when you wouldn't do it like that, knowing you. Well, yeah, we'll get, we'll see what, when, uh, when it's all revealed, but, uh, um, do you want me to kick off then? Yeah, let's do it. I'm excited. excited. So, So can you guys type in here or? Um, oh, okay. Uh, or I, I can type. Other... I can type. Yeah, if you want to type, that'd be great. Okay. Um, I'm going to probably spell things. I will mention going. one honorable mention because there's a reason. This game has always been in the in my top ten, but it just got nudged out because over time, right? And just looking at and just kind of readjusting. My sole honorable mention is Tekken Three. So Tekken Three was always hovering in like eight, nine, and whenever I think in my head of my top ten games, it's amazing. My my favorite fighting game i just absolutely love it and started my love for tekken series so interesting i'm surprised that you only have one honorable mention that's impressive oh i mean i can talk about more but it's almost like if i mention honorable mentions and it kind of you know it's not going to come up yeah as well so well that's why i'm not going to do it until i get to certain games but yeah so my number 10 yes is a little game by the name of mass effect oh interesting so, Very interesting, number 10, okay. Mass Effect is... Already um, loving this list and what we're doing. <laughs> to me, Mass Effect is a perfect sci-fi game. It's just... And I'm not a massive sci-fi person, but to me, that is how you do it right. A game that you... you obviously, is great to play and everything like that, but mm-hmm. you actually get invested in the world. You sit there actually reading the codex entries for made-up species that, you know, you've that, that they created... And the fact that those species are so iconic um, throughout all the games in the series and everything, I, 
I think that they they nailed it. Um, it's I know everyone obviously Mass Effect two in terms of gameplay, massive improvements, even number three and everything like that. But Mass Effect one, I've talked about it many times on the show, is the closest to an RPG for me, and I love the, more, the systems in that. And it's just the music, like everything. It even looked great. It was buggy as hell when it launched. It's one of the mm. buggiest games I've ever played, but. I, you get through those bugs, and it's such an unforgettable experience. I, I absolutely love Mass Effect. Nice. So, so yeah, I look. I could keep talking if you want. So we we snaking <laughs> Mike. So just to be clear, so it goes yeah. this way, and it'll go to you, and then it'll go to me. Excellent, cool. So so look, I uh, I I actually struggled to put them in order, um, and I refused <laughs> to no because I refused to do it because I legit genuinely cannot do them in an order. I tried, I sit down and I go, I can't, I can't tell you what my top, they're like my top 10 games and which was hard enough to begin with to narrow it down. I can't rightfully tell you, yeah, this is definitely my number one game or my number two or my number three game. I can't because it, each in their own right, I lo- it's like, it's like having 10 children and then going, yeah, definitely this one's my favorite. I'm sure people can do that, but I can't. I'm like, they're all my lovable <laughs> children. A lot of people do that. I like them all. I think everyone can do it. <laughs> So, so I will start. Doing. So wait, will, are you saying that you don't have a top ten list? Is this what you're telling me? I right have, now? I have a top ten list of my top ten games of all time, but not in order. So, <laughs> Swinney, whenever you wonder when I'm leaving the show, it's, <laughs> just go back no, to moments but, like this. But you guys said your top ten. You didn't say you put your top ten in order. Of course, it's 10. in order. Of course, no, it doesn't it's in have order. to. Why does it have to be though? <laughs> to me, it's not because again, I I can't tell you legit i tried i actually sat down and i tried and i went okay which like what what's my favorite game out of all of these i couldn't couldn't even do that what is this the subreddit technically the truth (laughs) (laughs) well it is you technically didn't say my top top 10 (laughs) so so i i look okay Uh, i am am sure if i go quickly on our offline chat yeah. That we would say in order. I bet there's like something that we so clearly specifically says. Maybe. maybe. But um, I, I will, l- let me put them in, in a rough order just to appease you guys. Yes, but yes, this being is in top not 10 list what I think of, is like, actually, with the number one game. Yes, go on. This is not necessarily what I think is, is the full locked in list, but it's, it's pretty close. So number 10 on the list would be Need for Speed 2. Hmm. Now, it is Need for Speed 2 for specific reasons. I have played countless racing games, and I mean countless racing games, um, from day dot of racing games. Everything from Wacky Wheels, Mario Kart, to the latest Need for Speed. Um, I'm a huge racing game fan. However, probably the two most memorable racing games that I can think Oops. of are the original Need for Speed. <laughs> God <Everything>. of War. <laughs> oh, very cool. Everything, did, that's that crazy. No, I dragged something on my screen and it just made everything that was, was disappear. That like a, what was, that was, was that an animated background? That was yeah, really yeah. cool. Yeah, it's an animated background. Man, that's sick. I've got to, you got to tell me how to do that. Anyway, so Need for Speed 2 specifically. It's, uh, you, you, pre- you go into DOS and then you do, uh, for, you type format and then space, <laughs> okay. C. C, Colin. Okay. Wait, wait. <laughs> The, the Kratos Hatos group 
The, he yeah, has, great, he has the Ragnarok as a desktop background. He had it as a Last desktop week's episode background. title was a sham. <laughs> <laughs> I need the douche. I need to replicate the douche button. <laughs> Put it to yourself. <laughs> what, what do you mean to him? To you? You're the one that. <laughs> no, so I, I explain myself. When okay, I play sure. games, I change yeah. my backgrounds to the games I'm playing. That's a uh, big insight. Okay, so whether you like the game or not, you will change it to that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I do. So even okay, I'll have sure. it Cyberpunk 2077. And whatever, it's a cool background. I give, I'll give you that. We're so, back online. Yeah, so, <laughs> so Need for Speed 2. So I played countless games. Um, Forza, gosh, Midtown Madness. Do you remember Midtown Madness? The, the Microsoft yeah, games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ton and ton and ton. Micro Machines. There were so many games that I went through on the list trying to think which ones are actually my favorite. And Need for Speed 2 purely because of the variety of cars, purely because of the time in my life when I would play that game, when I actually thought I could own one of those cars one day. That's not going to happen. But back then, I was like, yeah, I could probably own one of these cars one day. It's so sick. Uh, I had dreams and aspirations back then, boys. Not anymore. So definitely Need for Speed 2, number 10. Good pick. Mm. Sorry, I was just reading through the signal to catch you out like very specifically on this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's under the evidence is in there it's not it just you know evidence does Look, zip is there i'm just I waiting get that for, i do agree that especially for most people top 10 implies list them in order but to me in my head it was no these are my top 10 because i can't give you a number one two and a three at that level i just can't yeah i still haven't found the complete smoking gun i know it's there there's already a comment from me. It's like, <laughs> I'm putting it in order. Like, I do actually. Yeah, that's what out. are you doing? It doesn't mean I'm going to do it. <laughs> oh my God. This is. My, Swinny, whenever you want to know why <laughs> I'm wrapping up at the this. end of the year, it's this kind of shit. Okay. All right. Um, so, 10. I don't know if you guys would guess this, but I've got Metal Gear Solid as my 10th ah, nice, favorite nice. personal game of all time. I remember playing this when it came out. We're old bastards, obviously. Mm-hmm. And this game is one of the few games. And I'll say another game because it's not on my list. Gears of War is one of them as well, right? That when I played it for the first time, I was like, damn, this is like fresh, new. Mm. What the fuck is this? And I would say this impact of like Kojima in general is massive, obviously. But it's sort of like to me, and I'm sure there's other games that have done it. But to me, it's just like the one that sticks out. It, it sort of almost invented a new style of game, you know? Because, like, in the 80s, you had, like, pure arcade games. It's only just gameplay. And then I'd say almost, like, starting with a lot of Nintendo stuff, a lot of CRPGs. Like, they started in the RPGs, JRPGs as well. Integrate story. But to me, Metal Gear Solid was the first game that was, like, this is, like, a playable movie different mm. thing, right? Mm. And if you think of all the big smash hits on the PlayStation, to me, they're almost more inspired by things like Metal Gear Solid than other things. You know, it's like God of War Ragnarok, as we were just joking about before. It's very much, to me, in the ilk of Metal Gear Solid. It's a game that you play It's super, you know, strong from a story-wise narrative perspective. And, man, the game still holds up. It's so fucking cool. Like, And just as soon as I can hear the intro song and music... It's super nostalgic for me. Um, And I'll be there day one if they remake this game and release it. I'm super excited. I'm sure they will do it. And um, yeah, no, I love this game. Yeah, uh, just in terms of games that move the medium forward, as you said, like Gears of War, like to me, when you said that, it just made me think, 
hey, this is a game doing something I've never seen before moving that medium forward. So Yeah. 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 And there's other games, but some of them are on my list as well. So I feel yeah. like I'll, I'll hold off. And I, I don't know why, but that is kind of impactful for me. It's the same as movies. When I watch the movie where it's like, holy shit, like I haven't seen someone do this. It's, I don't know, it's just very impactful. Um, so yeah. we're snaking, Mike. So top 10 lists, generally you rank them in order. Like pretty much every single person would do mm-hmm. that. And sure. then snaking is where you go, you stay with the person as you change the numbers. So I'll do number nine. Sounds so good. Can number I just nine? add a quick thing about Metal Gear, by the way? Yeah, go. Um, I mean, Metal Gear just missed my top 10 as well. Um, again, very impactful, but it's also very impactful. Just I, I remember I picked up my copy of the game. I'm not going to dox anyone. No one's going to give a shit about this name anyway. <laughs> okay, but you guys probably remember Michelle in high school. Don't! Don't say names. You don't even. It's it's totally unimportant for the story. Anyway, this girl from high school. I remember picking my copy from her, and she had just come out of the shower, and her hair was wet. And that memory just remains. (laughs) That's why you don't say her name as well for the rest of my life, right? So so that in itself. So when you hear the music, experience. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're thinking of some like underage person coming out of the shower. Okay, and I was great. like, what? 14? Well, how old were we even back all right, then? 14, all right, all right. Oh, number nine. fuck me, you, you, at, <laughs> at least one thing I'll say is like, you were, you were consistent. You were consistent and predictable. Consistently bad. All right, My all ninth right. game is Galaga. Galaga, wow. Well, yes. uh, I, was, I, I was expecting this somewhere. I so, thought it'd be somewhere in the yeah, list. Yeah, look, so i not saying I don't have any, any other arcade games on the list, but... To me, this is the perfect quintessential 80s arcade game. Mm-hmm. I was really close to having Donkey Kong on this list, but personally, like, I played way more Galaga. And the two things that I think are amazing about these games, like Donkey Kong and Galaga, but Galaga in particular, is there's such a flow to the game, but there's still a lot of RNG. So there's set patterns of, like, when the enemies come down and how they come down and the way the stages evolve, but... It's still like slight RNG bits in it, and it keeps it fresh for me. Like it's one of the few arcade games that I could just honestly just have as its own cab at my house because I love this game so much. I was in some battle with someone at my uni that, like, I never met this person, but I would go in into like <laughs> the so you know the the union house like where all the students go, and there was one Gallagher machine uh, as with uh, some other machines, and I would set a high score. And then, like, three weeks later, someone else has set the high score above me. I'm like, all right, fuck, I've got to go harder and get the high score. And we did this for, like, a whole semester. It was crazy. It was like, and I never met this person. So, um, shout out to that person who's obviously also a Gallagher lover. But I am fairly good at this game. So, if I ever see this at the arcades, I always play it. And I'm sitting down for, like, 20, 30 minutes playing because <laughs> nice. it's like I'm that good at it. And I normally set the high score. So I love this game. It's super cool. I don't know if you guys have played it that much, but um, it's, to me, one of the perfect games. Not as much games. as you, that's for sure. Well, definitely oh, not as much as you. I mean, I've definitely played it a bunch throughout the years, but I haven't sat down and learnt it, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a real flow to it. And I think that's why I like it. It's almost meditative. It's like... You, I'm just in the zone of like playing it and stuff like that. It's such a cool game, and it's got like really cool gimmicks in it as well. Um, yeah, freaking cool game. All right, Mike, uh, it's it's on you now. On me now. Cool. So number nine <laughs> is a game that I think is is a little controversial for me to be listing on 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 this top ten because I never finished it. However, I still I think, think it's, okay. it's in my top ten games. It's probably Witcher. And- 
It is. It's The Witcher 3. So, <laughs> um, uh, pulled the rug from which, under him. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for that. That's okay. No, I it, think you deserve everything you one. get today. It's, I think I do. It is an obvious one. Uh, now, I loved number two um, to bits. Number one, to be honest, I, I enjoyed, but not as much. And number three, I spent hours and hours and hours replaying it multiple times, yet never finishing it, which kind of also happened with Skyrim, but more so with this. And Have you I still not finished to... Skyrim, by the way? No, I have actually finished Skyrim. Oh, okay, Finally. Okay. Finally. <laughs> After all these years and like 20 <laughs> different editions of the game, I finally finished it on the worst possible console you could play it on, Switch. Switch. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, so with, with The Witcher 3, I think, you know, everyone knows about the game. Um, I think it's a quintessential RPG. It's a quintessential fantasy RPG. It does so many things so bloody right, especially the great areas in the game that many games before that and many games after that just never nailed. Um, this game did it really, really well. And it was graphically beautiful. Um, it, it's, you know, I'm playing it at the moment again. Uh, hopefully this time I'll actually finish it. But then I did actually sit there and I, you know, it, it got me it got me thinking that um, this is going to sound like a, a pretty dumb cliche. You can still enjoy life even though you haven't finished it yet, right? So it's the same kind of thing. You can still enjoy a game even though you never finished it yet. Can I say that's like so... the weirdest statement? <laughs> well, I can I'm still saying... enjoy life even if I haven't finished it. It's like, yeah, what does so, that even so mean? Like you, you have to wait till you, you're like in, in Dead, the end of you your life to rate it or something. Or go, yeah, <laughs> clock life. Good thing. I haven't clocked it yet, right? I, you don't have to clock it to still go, yeah, I, I like it or I don't like it. Or there were good bits I think it makes more sense if you said it. It, it's the game is more like life where it's a journey and you enjoy it as you go through it's not the end when you're dead that's the point of the okay that's probably a better way of phrasing okay, it yeah, yes okay, okay, so you get okay. the point though so yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's the witcher 3 beautiful the witcher 3 wild hunt the subtitle yes yes okay right, thinking back to you for my number nine um and i forgot i actually do have some props here so the the one i forgot to do was the mass effect uh, 360 box oh, yeah, yeah. The next one also has a pro- uh, prop, which mm-hmm. is Super Mario 64. Ooh, very good. Which, in, a, in a special sealed box. Thing? Yeah, I've, I've got all my um, 64 things in this little uh, sealed cases you can get off eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, in years gone by, this would have placed a bit higher, but just, mm. you know, over time, games jump ahead. And to this one, the ones that drops a bit. But uh, yeah, Mario 64, look, what can more can be said about Mario 64 that people haven't said before? It's obviously one of the most revolutionary games of all time in terms of 3D games, especially in the console space. I played through this game more times than I can count. I think I was looking at all the games on my list, and I think all of them bar one, I've beaten like at least six times. I think <laughs> wow. Mario 64 have probably beaten over 20. Like, I love this game so much. And like, I got to the point where I was also trying to get the high scores for the possible amount of gold coins you can get in every single stage. And like, it's just ingrained in my head. Like, I remember everything about every level, all the stars. And, you know, camera, camera like, issues aside, I think the game still holds up. You know, oh, like, yeah, you, do, definitely. you do have to get definitely. used to obviously not having the freeform camera. Um, to me, it's just, it's. It's my favorite 3D platform, so I think it's absolutely uh, awesome. And yeah, Super Mario 64 is number nine for me. I do find, like, I feel like this game does not get enough credit for going from a franchise that is like lauded, massive, 
you know, 2D platformer, you know, Super mm-hmm. Mario Brothers, Mario Brothers 2, 3, Super Mario World, you know, Asterix, Yoshi's Island, not really a Mario game. And then to jump from Mario World to Mario 64 and to not just to me, it's when you stick the landing, kind of like set the standard of what to do in 3D, how things should work. Because mm. so many other games before that, like the way they were doing 3D was like almost taking from a 2D perspective. You can see like Miyamoto and the crews kind of like thinking around the whole game and how they'll do it. And the game still holds up. It's so crazy. It's like, to me, it's almost like more illustrative that my kids, especially my oldest, um, who's super young, but he was watching me play Mario 64 as part of the all-star, you know, 3D release that they did on the Switch. And he loved it, man. I think he actually liked watching that more than Mario Odyssey, Mm. right? And it's still like, there's so many like fun little mechanics in the game and the way they've set things out. And it's a game that I start to play and it's like, ah, this is such a nostalgic, but awesome game. Like I genuinely recommend people playing this game, even if they were born after when this game came out. The fact that the fact they nailed the the movement tech as well like yeah. and it's still yeah. one of the most popular speed running games just because of the crazy stuff you can do so so to to, to Intergut's point uh I, I i i didn't have a 64 during that generation therefore i never got to experience that game and i tried playing it recently like in the last year or something i forget when i did it and i have to admit i couldn't get into it and i i, I don't know if it's a uh, you had to be there at the time to really get into it, or whether I'm an exception, and most people that actually pick this game up later in life do enjoy it. But I just I couldn't get into it, um, and it's mostly the camera stuff I think that kind of did it for hmm. me. That and look, those are those early 3D games, especially 64 and some of the early PlayStation ones. It's always going to be tr- tricky for new people mm. to go to those games. Um, I this is like this whole list is going to be nostalgia, you know. Like, yes, yeah. yeah, you can't course. separate that from, yeah, yeah. from the, you know. So. The, the other thing I say is I don't think there's a is there a three D platformer game that you do like, Mike? Because I, I understand yeah. that as a genre, if someone doesn't, what three D platformer do you? Like? No, I'm just I'm just trying to think of some of the the, the big ones specifically. Um... And by the way, don't get me wrong. I actually, I can tell it's a solid game. I can tell it's a really enjoyable experience. I just struggled to jump into it now just because of how clunky it felt by the standards of what I'm used to for those type of games. Mm. But if you actually played it and you went through the evolution of those type of games, it's a totally different story. And it's one of those games that to this day, I... I don't regret it or anything, but I wish I played it in the day, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I could easily have gone, given the the scope of the game and the gameplay and everything else, that if I had played it in the day, probably would have been in my top 10. I could easily see that. And it's hard, Swinney, to really, like, capture that. Because I think, Mm. look, my prediction is this, that we'll have a cloud-based native game in the future. And I'm hoping this is a year or two away, right? But I'm guessing there'll be a cloud-based native game that comes out that fully takes advantage of the cloud and has some kind of crazy immersive world with like 100,000 interactive people like at the same time. And it's like, get to blow everyone's minds away, right? I'm sure that game's going to come out. But I just feel that like when we were kids, Swinney, there were so many games coming out where it was like, holy shit. Like the jumps were like 
enormous. Mm. Like mm. 2600 to Super Mario Brothers was like, what the fuck? This looks amazing. And then Super Mario Brothers to three and then to world. And with this game, Swinney, like I was fortunate enough. I've said fortunate so many times in this podcast. I was fortunate enough to play this at a convention in Australia that I went to. Mm. And it was like, so it was like, I think two years or a year and a half before it actually came out in Australia. It was like 95 Whoa, when I played this. it would have doubly blown you and I was like playing it. I'm like, this is like the fucking greatest thing that's ever been made by people. Fuck the moon landing. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's still, this is one of the few games that to me is like so stuck in my head. Hmm. But Swinney, uh, we're snaking back to you. So you're yeah. number eight. So my number eight and a game you probably might have thought may have placed higher, but mm. it is... Final Fantasy IX. Your favourite Final Fantasy. Number nine. Yeah, I do know it's his favourite. Yeah, It is my favourite Final Fantasy game. Uh, Final Fantasy IX is just a game that just brings me so much joy to play. Um, It's just the world, just the vibe. Like the vibe it gives me. Um, It's just something so special about it. And just like all the other Final Fantasy games, like there's parts of the game I can point and go, that part's a bit shit. But the yeah. overall thing and just the characters and I just love Final Fantasy IX and its battle systems probably like it's not my favorite Final Fantasy battle system but it's probably my favorite of that PlayStation trio. Um, I just think it just nails what it's going for. I think you know there's like there's some parts you can point out graphically where it was even rough when it released because they kind of did feel like they downscaled a bit from the character models in number eight and everything like that but the scope of what they did with everything else. Um, but just it's just got that Final Fantasy charm and it has got it in spades and it is easily my favourite Final Fantasy game. Final Fantasy Nine. That's awesome. number eight, not number nine. Yeah. Just did I say number nine? No, no, I was just... No, I was just said number eight. eight. Oh, just... nine, and, nine and eight, yeah, okay. All right, Mike, your cool. number eight game. My number eight uh, is Diablo. The original. Oh, okay. Interesting. Slightly controversial because most people, I think, say number two is the better of the games and it's definitely the game that they enjoyed the most and I played number two to death Well, they're well. officially wrong now. They're officially wrong. Absolutely wrong. Uh, no, number two Number two is excellent. Um, I loved number one to bits. Um, I remember playing the demo of it on before it came out officially um, and the reason why I think I also included it is just the impact it's had for better or worse as a genre or as, as a, as a game that defined a whole bunch of other games that came after it. Um, and I'm not talking about just the Diablo series itself, but you can kind of maybe argue that a bunch of other games kind of got inspired from that type of action RPG gameplay. Um, but Diablo itself, uh, was fantastic. I, I, I remember when I first, uh, moved to Australia, um, the game was already out, but I remember having the booklet for it. And just some of the artwork and stuff in it, it, it wasn't anything amazing in terms of like the, the the detail or anything. But I just remember having the booklet and the number of times I went through it because I couldn't play PC at the time because we didn't have one because we couldn't afford one yet. Um, just little things like that. It's it's just etched in my memory. So Such a visceral game at the time as well. Like I'd never played a game. Well, I think when I was playing Diablo for the first time and got to like the butcher... Mm. Yes. and got to that room <laughs> where mm, the butcher got all his meat. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, like I'd never played a game that had that kind of visceral art design. Um, mm. It's kind of wild, a fantastic game. It's also like shows how much things have changed because 
what is it? It's like um, it ran at twenty frames per second, locked in. I think from memory, Diablo Seems one. Bad right from memory, yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny <laughs> now. Which at like, the time, it's like yeah, whatever. It's amazing. You didn't think it yeah. Because yeah. like Mario sixty four, although in my head it runs at sixty because it's so smooth, that also runs at 30, Sweeney, like a lock mm-hmm. 30, which would have been 25 for us in Australia, <laughs> which doesn't, but it was so solid that it never felt bad. And I think Diablo is a little bit the same. It's sort of got but that also, jankiness that's like quite solid, so it doesn't actually feel dodgy. It does, but I feel like isometric sprite-based games can get away with that a lot easier. They don't yeah. need to be 60. They can get away with it, whereas a 3D game needs the frames. To, to yeah, really function properly. Yeah. yeah, but at the time, like you, you weren't used to 3D 60 frames. No. You were just excited <laughs> there were polygons on your screen, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Polygons. Nice. So my number eight game is Doom. Doom. So I won't dox the people like uh, Mike has been doing all the show, but there was a friend that I had at primary school and I would have played this game. What oh. would I have been? Like 10 or something or 11? And when I went, went to his house <laughs> to play it, and he had it booting. And by the way, I'd played Wolfenstein 3D. And I, as I said to, the sh- to you guys on the show before, I actually wrote to id Software back then to get Spear of Destiny, and they sent it from Texas. Ah, <laughs> sick. Right? So I, I wish, I don't know, I've got to double check if I've got the actual, because the, I remember getting it, and it was like, it was pretty much handwritten and done by them. Right, so I should actually check that out. That's a pretty cool piece in the I'd love job. to know like, if it was actually a known name that actually did it as well for you. Yeah, I know. That's what I want to like double check. Yeah. A secretary like, or something. Adrian like, Carmack or something like that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, what yeah. the hell, or the id mom at the time or whatever. Sure, man. Here you go. <laughs> but um, so uh, that is also the context for me. Because like, even you know, going to this game fresh is like mind-blowing. But I had good context. Like Wolfenstein 3D was amazing to me. And I was debating about putting it on the list, but I have to admit, like, when I first played Doom and I saw Doom, I was like, holy shit. Like, the yeah. marriage of art design, music, just the little enhancements that Doom has over Wolfenstein 3D, just making it feel more real. You know, like, back then, an innovation is like, oh, things aren't grid-based, right? So, like, mm. you can have the, you know, the layout on a slightly, like, whatever you want. You still can't look up and down, <laughs> right? Mm. But, man, Doom was like... So mental. I I was toying with Doom or Doom Two. I don't think to me Doom Two did enough different to warrant mm. me to put mm. it in. I I think a lot of people would put Doom Two because Doom Two was a retail release. Doom was like this shareware, like very old school, like methodology mm. of like distribution. But I played Doom to death, and that game is amazing in the sense of like you know the whole feel of it, the art, the music. But it just ran on a dog shit. 286 even or 386 um and man when i played that freaking game i loved it i still love it today and i feel like it's still so playable like i'll you go back and play it i have yeah and it's even so on Switch good. And stuff it's totally yeah. playable it's amazing and and a little bit like skyrim before skyrim the amount of mods that you can have with doom like i remember the alien mod back in the day <laughs> and now where you have stuff like brutal doom i don't know if you guys have played brutal doom yeah it's oh, I'm so later. I know cool. what it's it is. So, yeah, it's, yeah. Dude, it's so, it actually just gives life to it again. Mm. Um, so, yeah, Doom is my number eight game. Do you guys have any comments or I'll move on? I uh, totally. Uh, this, this, again, this was another one that was close to my top 10. And I was thinking, shit, I should put it in my top 10 just because it defined, <laughs> again, so many other games. And I just have so many fond memories of it. Yeah. Um, but 
Glad you I I love Doom so much that I even love the SNES version. That's my comment. <laughs> yeah, and the SNES versions, it, like it is actually amazing to get that okay. running like as as mm. well as they did. Uh, mm. So sneaking around to me, so number seven, nine, number seven is Street Fighter Two, but I've put in like Super Street Fighter Two Turbo because that is now the definitive version. It's the version that yeah. everyone plays. Specifically, mm-hmm. the Japanese version is one that everyone plays competitively. Man, another game, and like you know, like so far, all these games, I think like '98 is the latest <laughs> version. But we're old, yeah. and these are like you know when we were kids. But man, holy shit! Like I played arcade games when I was a little kid, but when Street Fighter Two specifically came out in the arcades in like '91, '92 in Australia, and like I saw that for the first time, I was like, holy fucking shit! This looks, this looks like the greatest game of all time. Like the sprite work, the art. And then just the feel, the game feel. And it still holds up. People still play competitively Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo to this day. And I still play it from time to time. It's just such an awesome game, all the way from the original incarnation in Street Fighter 2 through Turbo. You know, Swinney had Turbo. I had Super mm. Street Fighter 2 on SNES. I'll, I'll concede. I think Turbo's better, Swinney. I would never admit that at the time because <laughs> I own the, <laughs> the Super. And back then, dude, those cartridges were super expensive. Mm. Like equivalent money, they were like about 140 bucks, Mike, to get like a, so, a SNES cartridge. About what the current RPs almost <laughs> for PlayStation 5 games. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, shit. Sure. But I never <laughs> quite, paid that much. Still, but yeah, feels, that's true, actually. Plus, yeah. you know, you were like 12 or something, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> the big difference as well is the they didn't get cheap very often. Yeah, well, they never got days. cheap. And yeah. then the other thing about it, Twinny, is like, You'd buy this, and this was well, at least for me. This is like the game that you play for the year. There's no other <laughs> yeah, new game, yeah. right? <laughs> but what a game! Though. It's a re- pre- replayable game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like one of my other really close mates. Like we used to play this religiously, right? And I remember when when I turned seven. Uh, sorry, when I would have turned thirteen, I think it was. We had a Street Fighter competition. I don't know if you remember this, Winnie. No, I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was like a whole finals, you bastard. Yeah, we had a whole bracket, (laughs) and then I, I won it, right, Winnie? Yeah, yeah. You beat me in the finals, and like it was kind of almost amazing. Like out of all the friends, and then we had it all bracketed out, and then I actually won it in the end. I so (laughs) Winnie, I actually list that as a joke of like my greatest accomplishment at work whenever I get asked. Maybe I should put winning a Dr. Mario tournament on my version. You should. <laughs> I think it always gives people a good laugh. But um, yeah, like I love this game so much. I think it's like so cool. Um, and yeah, like it's my seventh best game of all time. Nice. All right, Mike, Very on cool. to you. Cool. Number seven and coincidentally also number seven is Final Fantasy VII. Oh, yes. yes. That makes it in spot number seven. Now, uh, is it is I, it the OG? The OG. The okay, OG, yeah, absolutely. Cool. So the OG that I played on PlayStation when it came out on PlayStation. And, you know, by today's standards, it's, it's, it's funny now that people complain about, oh, my God, I'm not getting my 360 frames per second on my 4K monitor, bro. What the fuck's going on? These developers are shit, bro. I played this game on a 34 fucking centimeter, not not inch, 34 centimeter TV. Like that's probably about, yes, it's about this big. This is it. This is the size of the TV that I played this game on. <laughs> the entire fucking game. And you know what? It was amazing. And it's one of the greatest gaming experiences I ever had. Um, it just goes to show that all of this superficial, crazy, amazing, high definition <laughs> bullshit is just bullshit in the end. That you can enjoy yourself and have fun with much more 
Well, actually, I wouldn't call Final Fantasy VII simple because back in those days, it was actually pretty mind-blowingly mm. cool. Mm. The 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 CGI in it was just amazing. The cutscenes were superb. The way they got integrated into the actual game itself that was pretty revolutionary. I think back back in the day for those kind of games. Um, and look, it's not everyone's favorite Final Fantasy, and maybe. At the same time, it's also a bit of a cliche because a lot of people do have it as their favorite. Um, and I did play the rest of them, but nothing quite holds the memory the same way that Final Fantasy did. And again, there's a filter of nostalgia there just because of the time in my life that I've played those games. I even love that you use the term CGI, which is like a very of the, <laughs> of the era. That, yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> very of the era. Nice, nice. I, like, I still can never get into Final Fantasy VII. This is my Super Mario 64 game. Because I didn't play this. I was a 60... I was a Nintendo. Yeah. In a way, like, I've always kind of been a Nintendo devotee, right? So... Yes. Final Fantasy VII is, like, I would definitely say one of the most important video games of all time. Because hmm. it really did show the... Like, it kind of was almost like the end of the dominance of Nintendo as well, to a degree, in the West. Given that, you know, they went with cartridge instead of CD. And then, you know, Square went across... Back then, it was actually Square went across to PlayStation and so we didn't get it. It's on the 64 and just so many things that it sort of marked. And you're right, like all the integrated, like, and it looks so much better on a CRT, like, Mm. you know, the TVs at the time, but the integrated sort of like video footage, like CGI generated and then in-game. And then you've got like the in-game high quality images with the 3D models over the top. It was really cool the way they did it, but just a game that I could never get into. I might just skip to the remake, honestly, and be it's that person. Though. I know, I mean, I know, yeah, no, 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 I know it's, it's different, it's, it's but so different. I just can't get into. I played game, a lot yeah. of like Final Fantasy VII, like fifteen hours, and I'm like, I just mm. can't get into this game. But uh, Swinney, what is your number seven game? Well, I've got a pair of bangers because I'm doing seven and yeah, six. Yeah, and you're doing seven. Uh-huh. And these six. are two. These are two big names. Big hitters. Big hitters. Are they number seven? is Yoshi's Island. Oh, yes. So we talked about a lot about Yoshi's Island on this show. Mm-hmm. You can check a whole segment we did uh, for our game of summer in 1995, which unfortunately we didn't wrap up. But We, we can we still d- wrap it up one day. <laughs> we did We did a whole segment on Yoshi's Island, so I'm not going to kind of spend too long on it. But no, um, spend time, spend time. It is, to me, a masterclass in, of a 2D platformer. It is also just a masterclass of like 16-bit, kind of like era in general because it came at the tail end of the Super Nintendo's lifespan but just what they got out of the system with, and not just like technically but just like the art direction with you know the whole crayon style and everything yeah. but it just it looks amazing it sounds great other than Mario crying um, <laughs> and it just feels like it the controls feel so right like I've never there have been a bunch of Yoshi games since I've never, like, it's never felt right. To, to me, they nailed it on the first one and they've, like, haven't been able to repeat it since. I love Yoshi's Island. Um, I I never owned it in Intergot. You, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you would always lend me your copy and I would sit there and just speed run the game or speed run it in my terms, play through the game and 100% over and over and over again. That's how much I loved it. And, uh, it's one of those games where I can just I can just go back to as a comfort game and just like I'll sit down and play through at least three worlds in one sitting because I just love it so much. Awesome. It is it's like a fascinating game on so many levels. Like just the game itself is freaking amazing and awesome, right? 
Um, but just like the context of the game is so interesting to me as well. Mm. Like, obviously, they wanted to make a sequel to Super Mario World, and that sort of just never eventuated, right? And it did get titled as Super Mario World 2 in Australia, in like Europe and America. I, it's not called that in Japan, and it's not. It's not Super Mario World 2. It's really not, right? Mm. But it's so interesting because Miyamoto, who back then was like super driver at Nintendo, you know, he was almost like Nintendo back then in terms of like where they were going, what they were doing with their games. You know, he was affected by Donkey Kong Country and the style of graphics that were coming out of that game. But he was almost like a dickhead about it and was like, what can I do that's the opposite of Donkey Kong Country, mm. which was like 3D rendered graphics, all this kind of stuff. And he went down this path of this crayon style. It made the team go down this path of a crayon style that it looks incredible. Like I, it's really unfortunate because like all, I, like, I don't know what's going to happen in the future with this. Right. But CRTs are just like dying like all the time. Right. And if you what if you look at this game rendered on an old school Trinitron consumer TV, it looks freaking insane. It looks mm. it, like I don't know, man. To me, and maybe this is nostalgia, but it looks like better in a way than a lot of modern games. It's not nostalgia. There's this. I, w- I was reading about this. There's actually a physical reason. It's the way the pixels get displayed on CRTs and the yeah, dithering yeah, effect, yeah. and the, it actually ends up looking better than seeing the real pixels if you were to see oh, the yeah, pixels yeah. on a, No, but I'm saying LCD. that just the way it looks, to me, looks better than, like, God of War Ragnarok, right? Mm. This is where I'm coming from, right? Because mm-hmm. the thing is, like, with God of War Ragnarok, it's still, it's not photorealistic, right? Whereas this is just art, and this is, like, this is where, you know, other games as well, like Celeste, for instance, right, just compete in a different way because it's very specific to its own self, right? Mm. And I know that it shouldn't matter, but this game holds up so strongly. Like when I got mm. my SNES Classic, I'm like, cool, I'm going to play all these games. Da, da, da. And what did I do? I remember telling you, Swinny, I like booted up Yoshi's Island and I just like 100%ed it. <laughs> like mm. all the hard levels, the secret levels, that fucking monkey level that I hate in World 3, <laughs> is it, from memory? Or maybe I'm wrong with the... It's World 3, right? The I monkey think, level, the extra. It's, it's either 3 or 4. Yeah, I think it's 3. Yeah, it's yeah. brutal, that fucking level. Um, it's just such a cool game. And it's another game that is still like people do speed runs on all the time. And it, it's cause it's like holds up mechanically and you're right. Like as opposed to, I think Mario where there's a lot of great Mario platformers, Yoshi's Island is so much head and shoulders above every other Yoshi game in that series. Mm. It's like almost laughable how much better it is than all, like nothing comes close like, what the what the hell were they on when they made this? You know, like they clearly were on some performance hands and then so they've been able to repeat, you know. But I think that does show because that was EAD, like Nintendo EAD, what? right? And they I don't think I'm just checking the wiki now. Oh no, they made Yoshi's story. Interesting. Hmm. And that was it. I don't think they what? made another Yoshi game. Yeah. Yeah. Which were our top ten most disappointing what? games. <laughs> most yeah. disappointing. That would be up there. Hey, I was thinking the other day just, just about this whole thing about I'm, I'm not going to get too deep on the philosophical discussion about the way society is progressing and whether it's heading in a positive way or a negative way or that bullshit. But one thing I can confidently say is car design, for instance, or game design, that kind of stuff. It's not necessarily that, hey, it keeps improving and getting better and whatnot. In some ways, maybe. In certain ways, sure. 
But then, for example, the other day I was at a petrol station and the guy had an RX-7. Um, I think it was like a 2000 Oh, I love model. RX-7s, yeah. Dude, there's some of the... Ni- I, I wish I could buy one. I wish they still made those. As in, I wish there was a way like with remakes or whatever to just literally give me the same fucking car. I don't want the new bullshit that's coming out. Yeah, okay, it's safer or whatever. It's got bells and whistles. I don't give a fuck about any of that. Give me that exact car. That's, I would love that exact card. It's like it's reached... That was the pinnacle of fucking car making, man. I don't know awesome what the point drive, is, but... looked amazing. <laughs> I feel like the, the point is, seven. The point is it's the same as this kind of stuff. Like, I'm not saying that the peak of gaming reached its height at a certain thing, but there were certain games that the people worked together in such a good way that they just made a fucking timeless gem that you will possibly never, ever fucking be able to do again. You don't have the same people in the same environment in the same time where, you know, rules work the way they do, pixel art work the way it did. Everything came together just perfectly to create that amazing gem, that amazing piece of art, whether mm. it's Yoshi's Island that we're talking about or whether it's an RX-7. And they are. They're both amazing pieces of art, in my opinion. And I reckon you just can't replicate stuff like that. And you, future games will be shit in comparison i reckon because you're never going to get that that synthesis of fucking people just making something so perfect the only thing i'll say to that is like there are a lot of really great indie studios that churn out awesome Mm. 2d games but i do understand Mm. the point around like you probably won't get a triple a game in in that genre right because there's just won't make money doing that. Or if you do, it ends up like new Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> yeah, which is annoying. So, yeah. I think you're up to number six, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I said uh, this uh, This was also a banger. And mm. my number six is Super Metroid. Ooh, mm. Super Metroid. So, I will say so far, no repeats on any no, of that yeah. list. Yeah. I know, it's, good, it's a good list. <laughs> you know, there might so, be some coming up. But yeah. Behind the scenes, we were debating about... Because I, I think this does work a lot better if we're doing a top ten of the year. That if someone says, oh, Mass Effect, if someone else has it on their list, it's like, okay, we'll cover it later, right? And talk about it later. But I don't think we'll have that much crossover. Having Look, said that, we'll probably only have crossover from now on. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I don't think it's the last time we're probably going to hear about Super what's, Metroid. What's Mass Effect? <laughs> hey, I had to make some brutal decisions, Super decision, Metroid? Boys. I had to make some brutal decisions. Shadow Complex? Um, Look, Super Metroid is just amazing. Um, I remember reading about it for the first time. I'd never heard of the Metroid series. I was reading about it when I lived in the UK as a kid in, like, it was like uh, Total Magazine or Super Play or something, and I'm like, what is this Nintendo game I've never heard of that everyone's talking about? Super Metroid. And it looked so cool. It didn't look as flashy as other games. I'm like, but they're saying how good it is. And when I finally got to play it, I'm like, okay, now I understand. This is why everyone was talking about Super Metroid. It's also like, it didn't create, like, create the concept of like a Metroid or a Metroidvania, but it is the game that spearheaded basically the genre. Like when you got, when you've got, People like indie developers and everything. Oh, this game. They don't say this game is based on like I'm creating it based on Metroid. They go, oh, I'm influenced by Super Metroid. Yeah, it's always yeah, yeah. Super Metroid. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's basically you know like it's like the Dark Souls of the Demon Souls and everything. You know, that's a good um, that's a good analysis actually. Yeah, yeah. And it's just the atmosphere. Like this is a 16 bit game, but they managed to create such atmosphere from the music and the level design and you just honestly feel like especially the first time you ever played it you like it's it's like this dread you know <laughs> metro dread but it's basically <laughs> like this impending thing that you just yeah. don't know what's going to happen this mysterious world 
it plays awesome. The the map design is fantastic. It's just an altogether amazing game. Super Metro. And very like cinematic from the start, right? Like mm. with the countdown and everything like that. Like almost the shades of Metal Gear Solid. Um I actually just let it sink in that you've got this ranked above Yoshi's Island. That kind of shocks me actually, I gotta say. <laughs> Oh, look, in the past, Super Metroid may have even been higher, you know? Wow, so, okay. Yeah, But think, Super Metroid yeah. is another one of those games where if I start playing it, I just don't stop. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's such a great game. You can't, yeah. I, I think I played, not in one place, in one go, obviously, but I played it later in life, and unlike what I said about Super Mario 64, this thing to me holds the test of time. Yeah. It still captivated me to this day, and it's such an old game now. And you can tell how influential it is and how awesome of a game it is given i played all these other games that came out much later that improved on the formula so much yet the original still holds the test of time for someone who never played it originally it's almost a bit of a godfather godfather part two kind of thing to super metroid where it's like you can imitate it or do something or riff off a good fellas and all this other stuff but it's the og is still so strong um this this is like a reverse of the yoshi's island situation i only ever played this i don't think i've ever owned a copy of super metroid Right, I borrowed your copy. It's kind of crazy to <laughs> think awesome. that. I'm still annoyed that I don't have my copy anymore because mm. someone, I, it's not I, because of me. It's not because of me. No, I lent it to someone and they lent me Madden 93 and then they left. So, <laughs> that is like okay. as brutal. As much as we used to play Madden 93 a lot, that is so brutal. <laughs> Right? I was not happy. What's that what's Madden ninety three? Ruined my childhood. <laughs> you know what? I'm just like really, really quickly checking. I'm looking at Madden ninety three on the SNES. How much that's trading for on eBay? Okay, like you know, twenty six dollars. <laughs> and then Super Metroid on the SNES is trading for okay, like three hundred dollars. <laughs> holy moly! Now nah, you can get at least for like a hundred and forty or something like that. Okay. But yeah, Super Metroid's amazing. Fuck that. Still so fucking cool. got Madden ninety three. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Cherish it. All right, your number six, Mike. As cool we bananas. Okay, so after some uh, hard deliberation, number six is Duke Nukem three D. Oh, nice. It was originally ranked higher, but I think number six is about right. Um, lots of stories. I think you've heard a whole bunch of things that I've spoken about uh, about the game, but a few recaps. Loved not just the game itself, not just the strippers in the game, which as a 12, 13 year old was amazing. Um, more so, more so, I just, I, well, I do, I remember when <laughs> I first played it at a mate's like, place. I don't give <laughs> no, a yeah, shit. No. I don't care. I like boobs, whatever. <laughs> no, but um, I do understand. Like, we were like 12, 13 at yeah. the time, right? As a 12, 13 year old kid, it was amazing. It was before easy access to the internet. <laughs> Yeah. This, was way, this was way before easy. I, I didn't even know the internet existed when this game came out. No, we knew, we knew the internet existed, but it wasn't I didn't. Like... I didn't. I actually didn't know that. Uh, I, I should, okay. should not. Okay. I didn't. I didn't know about the internet. We didn't have the internet or anything at You're in New Zealand at the time, right? Ages, yeah. yeah. Did they yeah. even have that? They just had sheep. Yeah, no, no. They had World Wide Web, but yeah. Um, of course they had it. I'm just like, I just wasn't exposed no, to it. No, dude, the but the World Wide Web was just started. Just a few yeah. years after, was, just yeah, before, yeah, which exactly. is how old we are. Well, <laughs> we is, remember when the web got yeah. invented. <laughs> so, and I remember playing it at a mate's first. I'm like, oh my God, I need a copy of this. So I yeah. went out, uh, I got some, I saved all my pocket money that I could possibly uh, save. And I went to the shop um, and I bought myself a copy. And I remember the guy going, are you 15? I'm like, absolutely, I am 15. And lucky for me, I look slightly older, older 
for my age. So 13, yeah. 15, close enough. It was fine. Uh, got home, booted up. No titties. Like, oh what the God. hell is this shit? Go. What is going on here? I, I, I worked so hard. All this pocket money that I saved. Where are they? <laughs> anyway, I ended up um, writing to... Well, calling up the local distributor. <laughs> asking for... Asking why there aren't any and what's wrong with my game. And they're like, oh, yeah, you just need the adult patch. We'll send it to you. <laughs> without even questioning, without even asking how old I was or anything like that, they sent me a floppy disk with the patch. They sold uh, you. Did you actually supply No, it? sent it to me. They didn't send oh, no, they no, it. No, no, they didn't. Wow, they just sent awesome. it to me. Yeah, they sent it to me. I remember it was like in just like a cardboard, um, just like a cardboard envelope. Thing with the <laughs> I was going to say, Mike, that floppy disk <laughs> turned your, <laughs> your disk non-floppy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> not what you focused. <laughs> I, I don't know. It kind of was like it was almost there. I didn't really want to go as hard as I was going to go in that. In that. Oh, thing. I went pretty hard. So <laughs> I was going to say your floppy disk turned into a hard disk, but <laughs> so so everything about the game, you know, just just all, all those jokes aside about about strippers and whatnot aside, it was it was a solid game. Gameplay was amazing. Graphics mm. were pretty cool for the for the time. Um, it wasn't really that long after Doom came out, but I think it improved the graphics quite a bit. We all know the stories about how I got banned from using computers in Year 9 because I distributed the game on multiple machines. It wasn't even me. The Year 10 stole my disc and then ended up putting it on a bunch of other machines, and I wasn't allowed to use the computers for, like, the even rest in, of the year. Even in computer class? <laughs> I know. Yeah, like, I wasn't allowed to use the computers in computer <laughs> class. Absolute failure of the Australian high school I know, what the hell, man? Yeah. Well, fuck you, I got a computer science degree after that. Um, and, then, and then also just little things about it that I thought were amazing, which was the build editor. I remember yeah. I spent countless hours, and Joe, the, one of our avid listeners, had also spent quite a bit of time uh, making their own maps and stuff in the build editor. And that was just sick to actually create your own shit in that game. It was really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, Duke Nukem 3D. Love that game to bits. It's an awesome game. It also... Um, I do love the art in the game and the character designs, the mm. alien designs. There's not, like, a huge amount of variations, but it's very cool. And there's still some um, lines in that game. That is still so notable, like when you beat the first boss and stuff like that. <laughs> yep. my, my son saw a bit of Duke Nukem 3D and he loves uh, it. No. He loves it. <laughs> he loves like the character and stuff. It is one of the few things I think you could reboot it. And then also Swinney, hey, it's quite funny. Like if you think about the lore of the show, that the people who are behind Duke Nukem 3D <laughs> reached out to us and commented <laughs> on our video. <laughs> so could you imagine that, Mike? That you're gonna have a show where the guy Scott Miller, one of the main guys behind it, actually <laughs> is engaging with you in your content. That's never cool. would have imagined that when I first saw the game. Uh, awesome pick, no. Mike. And I just want to give a special shout out to the great 64 version as well. Really, really cool version. I was gonna say that as well. Like I borrowed that. This is back in the day when you go to the video. Well, sorry, like a movie rental store, and you can borrow games. We borrowed that for one day. And played through it over... Like, we didn't sleep. We just kept playing the whole freaking thing. It was That's very cool. All hail the explosive shotgun <laughs> shells you can kill someone from the other side of a stadium with. Yeah, that was that was so cool, that game. That was so cool. And a great, like, uh, LAN party game. Hmm. Uh, all right. Was, yeah. My number... Oh, school, school, school LAN party in computer class. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, my number six is... And this was very... This is where it's getting really tough for me in terms of picking. Mm. 
is Mario Kart DS. Ooh, Somewhat of a controversial pick. Now, I could have gone Super Mario Kart or, honestly, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is probably the definitive version that I'd probably recommend it to people, but Mario Kart DS has a lot of nostalgia for me. I played this game to death. So this was when I was at uni, this game came out, and I just played this religiously. And I was so fucking good at this game. Like, it was disgusting. Absolutely just a nutter at this game. (laughs) Yeah, I am like, this is like, I think the game I'm best at. Now, I don't know how good I am now, but this game has multiplayer. And it was like, I think this was a really fun version of multiplayer where you could just play and it would sense that people are around and you could play. Like, it was very easy. Yeah. So I would play this and this is back when I lived in Melbourne and I'd just bump into people on the train who have it. And I, I... No one ever fucking came close. Like, it was, like, embarrassing. I would fucking, like, lap them. Like, I could snake. I could do everything. And this is why I say it's a bit controversial. No, I'm just being real. But, like, the snaking in this game broke the game completely. Like, absolutely broke the mechanic of the game. And I'm glad that the games, like, have fixed that and they don't have that anymore. Can you elaborate that? Snaking. So, in Mario Kart, the biggest part of Mario Kart is... Like, the cool mechanic, I think, of Mario Kart is the power drift mechanic. Mm-hmm. So, it's usually LRR, and you kind of do a little bit of hop, and you can drift into a corner, right? Very much inspired by, like, drifting of cars in Tokyo, like, in, in Japan, right? Like, that's yeah. where the devs literally that's got cool. it from, right? <laughs> now, the, the thing is, when you drift, you get a little bit of a boost. And in all the Mario Kart's that Mario Kart games that came before and after... You, you kind of can do the drift, but then you can't follow it up with another drift that easily, right? But with Mario Kart DS, it was a bit broken. So you could actually drift into another drift. So you could just keep drifting, drifting, drifting. So you're going left and right, as long as you're going straight. On a straight. Oh, on a on a straight. <laughs> and I got so good at it. I could play this legit as well, by the way. Like, just, like, no drifting at all. Like, just around the corners. And be, like, pretty much unbeatable. But once I start doing the snaking drifting, I was so good at it. It was crazy. And then I was like, I would beat all the staff ghosts. Like, the other thing is, like, the thing I love about Mario Kart DS is, you know, it had really cool, like, battle systems, time trials. It had, like, lots of really cool extras that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe doesn't have, in my opinion. Um, but the thing I loved the most was, like, you could time trial all the levels. And if you got good enough, you could actually start competing against the staff ghosts. So I, you know, went through that and I'm like, oh, and they're legit. Like, they're not even like joking. Like, they're really mm. good. And I beat all of those ones as well. But Mario Kart DS is my favorite. I was really close on a few other ones. And Mario Kart 64 is a huge shout out because that one has the best battle mode. And it's a shame that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe doesn't have a good battle mode. Like, that is still shocking to me that they have never fixed that. So I'm hopeful for Mario Kart 9 that they put a really good battle mode in. And I think it would take it to another level. Yeah, awesome. It's also the first Mario Kart game where they started adding older tracks in as throwbacks and it kind of continued that trend. Yeah. So Mario Kart DS is awesome. Yeah, I'm super nostalgic for it. And another game, now that we're snaking around, so my number five Mm -hmm. that I'm very nostalgic for, and this also... Drift snaking around? This was a very, very hard pick given that I'm trying to stick to like one game per series is Super Mario Bros. 3. Mm. So... I could have gone lots of different ways with this one. And mm. I, this is when I was talking about the games that I clocked. So I 100%ed Super Mario Brothers 3 this week. Man, this game is so fucking cool. Like, this game 
is so inventive, so amazing for a game that came out in like 1988. Like it's, it's actually crazy to me when I look back at this. And this is following off their massive hit of Super Mario Brothers. Obviously Mario Brothers 2, blah, blah, blah. It's like another game and they, you know, reskinned it and all this other stuff. But this game just introduced so many cool ideas, mechanics, you know, uh, power-ups that are still iconic to this day. And I've also played a lot. I played through maybe half of Super Mario World, which is like close on this list and a few other games that were very close to me to getting there. But I, I must admit, I just like have to go back to the fact that Super Mario Brothers 3, I was looking forward to getting this game so much for like years because it came out in Japan in 88 and I think it was like 1990 in Australia. And I was like looking forward to it for like two years. And when it finally came out, like, and I'll, I'll admit this and I feel bad about it, but like I got this game for Christmas. So it would have been like 1990 Christmas. And I was like so excited about it. I'm like, I want to find out if my parents actually got this game or not. Right. So I'm like hunting through the house, like breaking into the rooms and stuff, trying <laughs> to find stuff and I actually found the copy of it. And I was like, I was so happy. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to get this for Christmas. I'm like so excited. <laughs> but then it was like painful because I'm like, oh my God, I have to wait all the way to Christmas to play this. But yeah, I played this game to death. I loved it. I was so obsessed about this game, Mike, that we had a, a Nintendo magazine in Australia called Nintendo Magazine System that I found all the warp whistles, all the secrets, all the stuff you could do and wrote into the magazine. And my name's published in the magazine. Sick. <laughs> with like, you know, as a, as a, with a few other people, like f- as soon as I could, it was like the next issue, right? Like, oh, you know, this person found all these secrets and all this other stuff and this is how you do it and this level and all that stuff. Yeah, I just love this game so much, man. And having played it again this week, and also, by the way, I should shout out, so I played it on the Analog Pocket. I could have played the NES version, the NES version, but I actually was like, I'm going to stop being so stuck up. I am I was always really stuck up about the Game Boy Advance versions and the remakes mm. of the games. I'm like, all right, I'm going to shut up and just like play those versions for once in my life, right? And they're very good. I, 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 I eat crow. It's like, they're very good. And the thing I love about the Game Boy Advance versions there was actually um, an e-reader thing where it actually had more levels for Super Mario Brothers 3. And they're very fun levels. Like, they're a bit gimmicky, but they're, they're fun. And it's made by the original people that made the levels. So it just felt like a little mini DLC pack for Super Mario Brothers 3, right? From, like, 88. So that's my fifth. Mike, what is your fifth? So my fifth is GTA San Andreas. Wow. Hmm. That's now, actually surprising. Many different choices uh, of GTAs, and I have played them all, played them all to death. Um, from the very original GTA, the PlayStation version of it, GTA 2, etc. I even I remember when we used to mod GTA, the original GTA, and put our own cars into it and stuff to, to put real-world cars with real-world names and everything. Um, but ultimately, there has to be one that kind of defined the rest for me or that stood out the most and it's got to be GTA San Andreas. Uh, multitude of reasons. Um, I The scope of the game was quite big. Even by today's standards, it had, game, it had certain things in it that modern games don't do. Like you had to eat 
Um, and if you exercise too much, you could get buff, but you could also lose weight if you didn't eat, or you could get too fat. Oh, really? Like I didn't all these know little, that. yeah, it had these cool little <laughs> mechanics. So that, overboard with Senator. Yeah, that's crazy. So it's super overboard. And the map design was awesome as well because it had such varied landscapes. It had the main city bit, it had the hood bit, it had uh, the desert area um, with the military base and all this other stuff. And I thought uh, at the time it was just just amazing. And I just some of the you, you, when you think back to your childhood and you, you can remember a specific moment, I mean, literally specific moments of a particular game that you played. And there's there's a few instances in GTA San Andreas that I clearly remember. Like, I remember driving down the highway and Linear Skinner's Freebird was playing. And just that combination of, like, driving into the sunset while that was playing on the radio, I have not forgotten to this day. It's It's... I know it's just a game. I know it's just a new virtual experience that looks pretty shit by today's standards. Don't think but... Freebird was in San Andreas. Yeah, Freebird was in San Andreas. Mm, uh, I think that was... You sure you're not thinking Vice City? No. <laughs> why, why do you care? That one's... No, <laughs> no, because I literally was Pretty on the sure soundtrack page for San Andreas right this moment. Because I was just confirming something about <laughs> just it. Just let him let him live in his no, illusionary well, reality. Sure, it was man. Do you oh, know, fucking... no, no, <laughs> you know oh, what? You I'm... have to apologize now, sweetie. Yeah, you no, have to no, apolo- you have no, to no, no. I apologize because I thought Freebird was one word. Apologies. Wow. Okay, no, no the reason I was on wow. there. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> You're making a question of my own reality. <laughs> the wow. reason I was on there was because I just want to shout out that they had Faith No More on the soundtrack. Of they did too as well. Yeah, which is really fucking cool. Yes. Uh, a really cool, cool soundtrack by by today's standard, and just something about that game that kind of um, it, it it again it was a game, but it was a game that felt like you could live that in reality. And I remember later in life as an adult when I could actually drive because I had my own car and whatnot. I actually played that game and drove into the sunset. So I played the music and drove into the sunset coincidentally, and it just reminded me of the game so much. <laughs> and memories like that, I just had to beat. I just it's and then you amazing went, game. Went and got in a jet plane and ate hamburgers. Yeah, then I got into a jet plane and then I crashed it. And then <laughs> did you ever play no, the hot was... coffee mini game, Mike? No, okay. no, I don't. Uh, I yeah, no, I never like. By the time they sort of um, the whole thing was a big thing, I. I think I moved on from from San Andreas, but you know, again, it's also about the series and what it represents from the series. I actually loved GTA Four. Um, huge fan of GTA Five, having had it on all the bloody platforms it's ever come at. And you guys know that I bought it multiple times by mistake on PC. Uh, it's like seriously, that launcher is so annoying. But anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, number nice, five, nice, so yeah, there. I just want to get, give a big shout out to Joe Jives. I played GTA San Andreas sitting at his place. I played through like a third of the game at his house. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Fantastic game. All right. So for my number five, and again, there's been no repeats yet, which is cool. Wow. Has there been no repeats? That's right. No repeats. Shit. That's amazing. So I know. I know. Um, video games are great, people. There's a lot of great games. Yeah. Um, my number five is a game that I previously had as my favorite game of all time Whoa. at oh. some point in the future. Uh, in the past, I should say. <laughs> some point in the future. Oh. I'm, yes. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <laughs> the T-1000. No, um, Can we Day up Deus Ex. Oh, yeah, the original yeah, yeah. Deus Ex. Oh, wow. You've changed. Yep. Wow. Yep, yep. Um, 
Original Deus Ex kind of really mm. expanded my understanding of what video games can really be because when I played it, I think, oh, this is cool. It's a first person shooter. It's like got a cool look. It was around the time of like Unreal Tournament and stuff like so, you know. Yeah. I was playing more PC games and stuff. But, you know, the whole immersive sim element where it's like you're in this world, you're talking to characters, and you can pick up items and things that, you you know, you can pick up stuff you don't even need to pick up. And it's just kind of like creating this immersive world and saying, okay, I'm in this, like, this, this city block and there's about five different ways I can get into that apartment that I need to get into. And there's other apartments I can go into and find stuff, but they're just there for, like, just if you want to explore, you know, they, they're not required as part of the, the story or anything. And it's kind of just... Yeah, so I said like expanding my understanding of the games can't aren't just video, can't just be like the oh you go to that level that level that level they can create these worlds and these characters and stories and man like the first time I got to Hong Kong and just the spoilers yeah <laughs> the atmosphere in that area and the fact that you were able to just go anywhere and, and like from the from that point onwards and find all this cool stuff. Deus Ex is just so special, um, and I think you know the, the. It's a shame that Invisible War didn't give me the same mm. kind of feeling, but the the sequels that Idis Montreal did were were also fantastic. But Deus Ex is my number five. I could, quick thoughts on that too, if that's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah th- th- another game that I, I was struggling not to try to keep in my top ten as well. I love the original to bits. Um, I don't think, and I don't know if it's a, again a timing nostalgia thing. If the pre the the newer games, they were great games in their own right. It just never hit that same sort of mark, and I don't know if that's because they're inferior games necessarily, or just because Deus Ex was just so revolutionary when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, in terms of the the approach to the situation, having multiple and the story, the story was really mature. Mm. The whole Illuminati thing was completely mature yeah, at its time yeah. when he had so many games that were so childish in a way. And then he had this game that dealt with global conspiracies and um, and politics and stuff like that. It, I love this game, so good. It's also like because what is it like? System Shock was was System Shock kind of the first like sim game that like really yeah. kind of almost established the boundaries of that genre. Yeah, but this game really sh- took it to another level, right? Yeah, System Shock, like the Thief games and stuff, you know, like all that stuff from Looking Glass Studio, um, you know, Warren Spector, Ken, like, and obviously like Ken Levine stuff and all that stuff as well. But yeah. 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 Well, I'm kind of surprised it's not at least in the top two, but yeah, interesting. Ooh, it, yeah. That used to kind of share yeah. the number one spot yeah, for same. ages as well. So same, no, there's sure. just some games that just, uh, I think it. just, just, it. yeah. Well, four games in place. particular. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them being my number four. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Oh, ah. okay. Yeah, interesting. You didn't mention, you, you hinted at this one the other week, I think. So, what I said the other week was, you know, it's not my personal favourite game of all time, but it might be something I would put up for the greatest game of all time. Yeah. Just yeah. because of, it nails everything. Like, it goes for so much, and it, na- it basically nails everything from gameplay, from story, from presentation music it's almost like the perfect game from you know in my opinion um obviously i've got some i preferred with that are my top three um but snake eater is just so awesome and it's also such a great contained game like it's obviously incredibly important to the wider Metal Gear solid 
and Metal Gear Mythos and story, but you can just play Metal Gear Solid 3 because of the way it's set, uh, presented and everything and when it's set. And it's just a self-contained great game and story. And it's got so many of those Kojima touches and 4-4 breaking things that you're like, how the fuck do you think of that? Like stuff that I would I could talk about for so long, just cool things you like. This is so cool. Uh, and I'll just say... I'm going to say specifically, we don't need to title it, but the subsistence version. Yeah. So yeah, the version, I thought you would say. Yeah. yeah, that added all the extra stuff, including, you know, introducing the series to the over-the-shoulder third-person gameplay. I still like the top-down, but and I did play it first in the top-down, but I've since replayed this game so many times, and even though I've, I've seen the story so many times, I still watch all the cutscenes every time. I'm like, yeah, nice. they're that good. They're that good. So. I'm really looking forward to playing this game. Like, this game <clears throat> is in a similar spot as Bloodborne for me, where it's almost like, oh, just can they just do a remake or a remaster? Well, like, the, a HD, one. the HD version <laughs> runs great. Good, yeah. looks great. So. But, it, but I don't think that's on PlayStation 5. Hmm. So, it runs on... <laughs> it's still available on Xbox, at least. <laughs> no, well, I'm not going to get an Xbox. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, look, I, I I do actually have it on the PlayStation Three. I think that's like really you know a good place to play it. So mm. I don't know. I have heard that they're thinking about bringing it back onto the PS Five from memory. Mm. So I, it's just in a weird spot these games, where it's like I want that to happen, and it's like cool, like it's in a format that I can just easily play it without mucking around too much. But yeah, awesome. That's interesting. And yes, like we're more than halfway through. We have not had a repeat yet. It's incredible. Mm. It's, it's going to get harder to not. They have might a repeat be coming. Yeah. I think they're coming. I think they're coming. Which is also a good like note on these games. But Mike, what is your number four? Cool. So number four is a bit of a left field one, and it it, it probably should be in my top three, but I'm going to put it as number four, and that is Ultima Eight. <laughs> okay, we'll, uh, we're debating. Else. No, we're debating which Ultima game. Okay, number eight. Um, absolutely number eight. Now, that's only because I didn't get to play number seven back at the time. I had number oh, eight as okay. part of a yeah, yeah. collection that came with Wing Commander 2. Great uh, game. It came with Great the game. PC that we had at the time. Man. So it came with Wing Commander 2. Syndicate, you would not shut up about this game in high school. <laughs> which <laughs> loved Ultimate 8. Oh, yeah, dude, yeah. it was fucking amazing. <laughs> um, I, I want to play it again. It's just, it's a shame it doesn't exist on other platforms. Um, and it's a shame that. It, it was never ported or anything to take advantage of different kinds of controls, so you need a mouse for it. Um, maybe the Steam Deck is probably the ideal way to do it because you can kind of... Um, but anyway, th- th- this game, for so many reasons, so many fond memories of it, Just the, it was one of the first games that I, I really felt, because it was an open-world kind of game, if you could call it that, mm. um, where it really felt like there was this huge, cool world that I could go and explore and check out. There was no linearity. I mean, the story had certain elements that were quite linear, but you could still explore a whole bunch of places um, at your own leisure, so to speak. Um, uh, it had, from memory, a, a day-nighttime sort of cycle where certain people were doing certain things during certain times. Um, it was quite gritty and mature in, in terms of what it presented to the player. Um, and again, it's just the moment in time that I played it, it was just my brain was just soaking up these kind of ideas and games that it just stuck with me for the rest of my life. So yeah, I love this game. I just wish there was a way to, other than playing it again on PC, obviously, play it on a Switch or some other mm. forms that are a bit more modern. And I would love to see a remake. It's just, unfortunately, it's not uh, 
not many people considering consider it at all the best Ultima. I think most people say seven, seven. is the definitive yeah, one. Sure. Um, so it's highly unlikely that I'll ever ever do a remake or anything of this game. Which is yeah, a shame because nice. I love the love the story and love the the concepts in it. I played Ultima Seven, but not Ultima Eight. I don't believe. I don't believe it's it's hard for me to really fully grasp if I have played some of these games, just because they kind of blend together for me in my head. But um, I guess it's on me, isn't it, boys? Mm-hmm. Uh, so number four, and then it'll snake around to my number three. So we're getting into our Ooh. top three. Ooh. It's getting okay. I certainly haven't done the math on like where who will do the last one. Ah, uh, Swinney will do the last one, number one. Okay, cool. Um, so my number four game, and I probably think you guessed that it will be on my list, is Rocket League. Ah, <laughs> hmm. Wouldn't have thought, would never have guessed. <laughs> I mean, you only put like three, four hours into that game, yeah. so I'm surprised. I think the last time I checked it was like 680 hours or Holy something. Holy moly. I'm and, also and, surprised you'd put a game that you absolutely suck at on. <laughs> yeah, I know, what the hell. I am hey, kind it's of like me and life, man. I suck at it, but it's still up there. <laughs> I, I am kind of pissed that I was right on the cusp, Swinney, of getting to champ, and then I quit the game. So yeah, uh-huh. Rocket League. I love this game. I think is to me the best multiplayer game that's ever been made. I think it's just so pure and simple. I remember Swinney telling me about it. He's like, "Oh, you got to play this Rocket League game. I think you'd like it, right?" Well, that and was a mistake. Boy, that was a mistake. <laughs> so I went from playing this on the Switch and I put in like 150 hours on the Switch. And I pretty much, like, I got to be real. I pretty much always got like a PC just to play this game. Because I'm like, well, I kind of, it, it was the thing that tipped me over. I was like on a Mac and stuff like that. I'm like, ah, it'd be better on a PC. And eh, yeah, I guess I'll put a PC together. I need it for other reasons. And I played this game religiously. Like, Every day I play this for like two hours. Like I love this game so much. Got fairly decent at it. My one of my greatest gaming moments was uh, how many were it was it three of you guys or four of you guys that I was playing against? Probably ten of us. It was one v three. Was it twenty or one v four? Do you remember? Probably one v three. Tell me. I think it was a one v four or one v three. Anything more than one v one is uh, is uh, shameful enough. Because we went from, like, me and Swinney playing against each other 1v1 and he would beat me to, like, I was playing against Swinney, Mike, one of our... I'm, it was a one or two extra people outside of that. I don't know. It was, I think it might have been just, four. Let's just say two extra people. Let's say it was four in total. I think it was 1v4 and I fucking destroyed you guys. <laughs> it was insane. <laughs> Even for me, I was like, this is kind of insane. Um, so, yeah, I got fairly good at it. The thing is that I do hate the community, though, <laughs> on Rocket League. So I turn... Well, I think it, we're not ranking the community. Yeah, so. I would put the community last. <laughs> it really shits me the way that they organize the community on it. The game is slowly dying as well, which is a bit sad to see. Um, and I will just play it with the chat off. I probably should actually find some people to play it with, and that would be a more enjoyable way to play it. It's just the closest thing to me to sport. Rocket League, it like it has the strategy. I remember Swinney when I was playing with you, and you, I was think I was driving you nuts. I'm like, turn around, go around, do this. Do that. It's like when you play footy or something. Like you're just constantly like, no, we're gonna set up like this, and you're just like, I just want to fucking play this game, dude. Like just let me do my thing. <laughs> and I'm like trying to optimize so that we always win. Um, yeah, what a fucking amazing game, man. And, you know, I'm glad to see it's still existing. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do in the future. But to me, it's like I just wish the game never would change, actually, because it's just so perfect as it is. All right, so my number three. Now it's getting serious. Getting serious, boys. Uh, Tism, this is serious, mum. 
So this game is like the newest game that I've played out of all these games. Hmm. Um, game that I only played recently. I could almost like put this as number one in a weird way, but hmm. my number three is Dark Souls. Hmm. Man, this game, fuck me. Like, it, <laughs> it, it fucked you. It, it never, never leaves you, does it? Never. It viscerally it stayed ah. with me. Viscerally stayed with me. And like, also this game, I... Because I played it fairly blind. I think I looked up a couple of things. But, man, this game. And I got hints from you guys as well, I should be clear. Um, so it's definitely not fully blind. Um, what a fucking atmosphere. What a jam, man. What a fucking game. Like, it almost not even a game. It's more than a game. It's life. It's experience. <laughs> yeah. It's life. It's, it's just, souls. man, it's like, it's. I totally can see both sides of the fence of like people who look at Dark Souls and Souls games and go, what the fuck's that all about? Stupid. It's over the top. But then obviously getting into it and playing and beating it, it's like you can see the other side of the fence as well. It's almost like you're fucking converted and you're like a Christian now. Right? It's like, you don't get yeah. it. You have to have faith in God. Right? It's just, man, what a game. And what a, like an achievement in terms of just moving the industry forward and challenging assumptions and, you know, I remember even chatting to you, Swinney, because I wasn't playing games at the time when this game came out, right? And mm. this game is almost like the answer to everything that I had a problem with games. Because at the time, games were, like, so fucking easy. It was just, like, mash the button and you'll beat the game. Just, like, the way their stories are presented, I hated with a passion. Mm. And it's funny, because this game is pretty much all the things that, to me, push against that. You know, like, very... Like, I couldn't even imagine playing this when it came out in 2011, where it's like, where do you even get information? Like, I, you know, you can go online, but it. it's just not the same as it is now where, like, you've got YouTube guides to every bit of the game, right? Mm. If you ever get stuck on anything, right? And It was a wild time. Yeah. It was. But that day was the one. beauty of it. That was the beauty of the playing it day one, that you had no freaking idea. You'd run into somewhere and you, you had no idea what's going on. And I'm I'm really glad that I got to play this game. You guys forced me to play it and it was well worth nah. it. And then like I experienced I think some element of that stuff with like playing Elden Ring because that's like the first time that mm. this type of formula is moving to open world, so it's like a new thing as well. Um but yeah, man, this game like the thing that I haven't played through all the rest of the Souls games, but I do think for me personally, because I love the design of the almost puzzle box world and how it all like links together and because I don't follow memes or like much stuff on video game chat, like a lot of the stuff that happens in the game, I didn't know about like some of the, you know, the roadblock bosses and like some of the Mm. worlds that you go to and all that stuff. Like when it actually happened, I was like, what the fuck? Like... (laughs) <laughs> I, I thought I was in this world. Like, where am I? Like, what the fuck is this? And just the foreboding and the sense of dread and, like, the dynamic the of the game so fundamentally good. and the lore. Yeah. And it's one of the few games I'll, like, read through a bit of, like, the lore and just, you know, the environmental storytelling. It's just such a fucking cool game. And, like, honestly, a game I think about all the time in terms of, like, ah, oh, just maybe I'll fire that game up again <laughs> and start playing it. Yeah. It is. It's the kind of game that, I mean, we have. We've played yeah. it. Every year or two. <laughs> yeah, and you can cool replay game. it and you can choose a different class. You, you can spec differently, although there are all-time favorites. And yeah. And then if I, if I sort of was like, you know, similar to your point about Metal Gear Solid 3, Swinney, it's like if I could just say, like, this is the greatest game, like, and not my personal almost, I'd probably put it as number one because mm. it's just such, like, a cool game on so many dimensions. 
So, Mike, what is your number three? We're in the, the heavy hitters and still no mm. repeats to this point. Jesus. Yeah, my number three is Dark Souls. Is it actually? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. As he says, that's, that's awesome. I was waiting for that. So, uh, look, I'm just echoing his thoughts. I love the game to bits. Um, the, the world building, the way the level design snakes around, the way it defied... Well, you know, you could argue that Demon Souls kind of created the genre in some ways. And, yeah. Well, um, Al- yeah, it, not fully, right? No. It, yeah, so it was really... It was the... It, it was the definitive game to me in in the genre. So, um, I don't know what else to say other than amazing freaking game. Um, I'm the same. It could probably be number one, and I was debating whether it should be number one, but rock solid game. Nice, <laughs> Dark Souls, rock, rock solid, solid game. <laughs> That's when they re-release it. They're gonna have Mike from Big Ring on rock solid game, boys. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, my number three. Mm. Look up to this Dark point. <laughs> you could look up. You could look at the, my list, and you could see a lot of those games are going to fall in a lot of people's top tens and stuff, right? This mm. game is not going to fall in a lot of people's top tens, but it is so special to me, which is Tales of Vesperia. Ah, no, not surprised. Three separate versions in my hands right now, including Man, the three sixty US version, the definitive edition, the European version. I've beaten this game 100% four separate times, which means basically about eight to nine playthroughs. I've put hundreds of hours into Tales of Vesperia. In my opinion, it is the greatest JRPG ever made. It is so chock full of stuff. The characters are awesome. The story's awesome. It looks great, even to this day. (laughs) The reason, I think, why this game isn't as appreciate as it could be is because this it originally launched as a 360 exclusive jrpg right Mm. and when it released on ps ps3 later it was only released in japan so Mm. a lot of the wider jrpg loving audience didn't get a chance to play the vesperia until a lot longer after and now you're starting to see a lot more people really appreciate what vesperia was doing and it has in my opinion the greatest rpg main character ever in yuri just the character arc and like it's the game is full of tropes right but the main character is one of the best written jrpg main characters i've ever had in a game the voice acting is great tales of vesperia hands down is my one of my top three games of all and, time and can i well your third um can i just like you know frame something up though because like you saying it's the greatest RPG of all time, right? The weight that that carries, right? Because, mm. like, you could genuinely say, like, if you talk about c- completions, finishing RPGs fully, like, you might be in the top 100 in the world of doing that, right? Which is kind of insane Maybe. to yeah. even, like... That's not even a ridiculous statement, right? Yeah. So you, you give the context of, like, this person is, like, you know, one of the top 100 in the world, and they're like, out of all the fucking RPGs, this is the best one. That's that's a lot of weight. That's that's You've pretty interesting. And it's on multiple... sale on the Switch. Twelve dollars at the moment. Amazing. Awesome. $12. I actually do have a copy on the Switch, and after this, I am fucking looking so, forward to it playing is it. It is the look. The first time I completed this game, one hundred percent, it took me one hundred and eighty hours, and I loved every <laughs> moment of it. I got a quick, bit quicker on the subsequent three times I did it. Um, but yeah, this game at God, that price for this game is just oh my god! Like, it's, it it's value? Incredible. Do you reckon it's value? <laughs> Christ! All right, um, your number two. As we snake around, Whoa-hoo. my number two. Whoa-hoo. 
Come on, it's Dark Souls. <laughs> Dark Souls. <laughs> uh, yes. We should have had a number three. That my been super my day fun. one yeah, lovely, it to number three, lovely limited edition here. Um, oh, I love that. Dark Souls. Look, we did a whole segment on the show. I mean, I'm interested that you picked Dark Souls over Dark Souls three, but yeah, okay. Oh, Dark Souls one is easily my favorite oh, yeah, out of all the, the Souls games. Um, but look, Dark Souls is just a masterpiece. What can I say? Um, we just spoke a lot about it, but it's um, it's not perfect, but it's Nearly, nearly perfect. So mm. it's a uh, fuck great game. Wow. <laughs> That's all I was like. Dark Souls, fuck. A great I'm kind game. of interested in what your number one game is now. I mean, this is, yeah, Rock this solid. is why we're doing this, but yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, awesome. All right, number two, Mike. Yes. Now, this is where it gets really tough. And I know I, I started the conversation by saying they're not in order, but fuck Earth, they've become in order after this. So it's and, getting and really difficult to order the last two. I think for you, I know one of the two games. And I think I know what your Do number you one know. is. But yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I think I, think I probably know both. I you know both. Yeah. both. Okay, I, I don't think yeah. I know the other one. Of course, it's Sextress. Number one, Sextress. <laughs> we also uh, spoke about the before you came on. <laughs> no, it is a notable mention, though, for, for numerous non-jerky reasons. <laughs> Uh, I said non-jerky, not non-jerky reasons. So, number two is, and this is a tough one, Mass Effect. Mm. Mass Effect? Mm. Oh, see, I got this wrong. Okay, cool. Again, the original Mass Effect. Yeah, okay. Um, Now, as Winnie alluded to, uh, number two definitely improved on the formula in many ways. It was definitely more action-based. I think the combat, you could argue, was better. Less RPG elements, though. They stripped that down quite a lot, which uh, pros and cons to that. Um, number three was way refined, but nothing beats the experience I had of having the 360 um, and, and playing the original Mass Effect. It was just just the, the sheer... Um, the, the, the way it sort of captured your imagination and made you think about the possibilities out there in, in this vast universe that we have... Um, I, I still, I actually still get really sentimental when I hear the intro music anywhere. Like if I hear, sometimes you hear it on certain YouTube channels or something. Um, and I get super sentimental just hearing that music, just the impact that it's had and the awe and the, the, I'm lost for words, to be honest. I just love that game to bits. Um, I try to play it more recently and admittedly, it doesn't feel like it quite stood the test of time in certain ways it did in others but nothing will change the fact that it's just the fond memory that i have of that particular experience that yeah i love that game nice very nice well we are fully rounding it out boys we're like Ooh, we're getting yeah. into the home stretch we're gonna snake around the corner so we're gonna get the number one in here as well um this was out of all the games the hardest choice for me to make Ooh. and i would I was going to be a dickhead. I'll be straight up. I was going to be a dickhead and do this and go equal. Like, oh, shit, I can't do an equal sign. Because, you know, I was even going to reference that last week's show. You both said, oh, no, you can have an equal sign and still have a top 10 effectively. <laughs> right? So I was like going to be an asshole and put two games into my number two spot. Oh, so he's allowed to do that, but, but I I'm didn't. not allowed no, to no, not no. have it. A... <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I made the hard choice. I'd made the fucking hard choice. And my second... And I feel very conflicted about doing this, actually. My second favorite game of all time is Breath of the Wild. Now, it was so close between Ocarina of Time. And honestly, Links of the Past is, like, up there as well. And I think if I actually just did the games purely, 
Ocarina of Time and Link to the Past will both be in the top 10 and bump out other games, which is kind of like a bit crazy to me. I think I know what your number one is. I'm, I'm just well, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. Right. Just, I think I've said it a hundred times as well. Animal Crossing. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, but Breath of the Wild, like the thing is like, I have to put it there because it's, it does have a lot of the inspiration of all the series in it. And it does it in such a way that it's not at all like the way that Star Wars brings back its nostalgia where it's so in your fucking face and it's like, oh, that's the guy in the member berries and all this kind of shit. It's just very accented in the game. Like you really have to be focusing in and go, wait a second, this setting is the exact same setting as Ocarina of Time. It's like, wow, that's kind of cool. Like, but they don't make a big deal about it. And just Breath of the Wild to me is like the game that got me back into playing games. And I mean, I played like two game. 200 something hours of Breath of the Wild. I loved every second of it. And it's such a weird game for me because like I viscerally can remember. I'm like in the moment of like when I finished the game because I got so close to the end. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll finish it. And then I started playing it. And then I actually went to my bed and I was playing it. And I'm like, oh man, it feels like I've lost something because I can never experience Aww. this again. Like of playing it to the end. And I'm like, oh shit. And even to this day, I like because I've gone really crazy with Breath of the Wild, collecting everything in it. Right? Hmm. There's one part of the game that I haven't finished, and it's like I don't. I, it's almost like I'm leaving it there, right? Because it's like I want to have in my head that there's something I haven't done in that game, so I can go back to it and finish it. Because I know once I do it, then it's like there's nothing else to do in the game, and it's like there's nothing new and nothing like undiscovered. Man, I love that game so much. There's so much cool shit that you can do in the game, the engine. And, like, the cool thing about it is, like, and I'm so looking forward to Tears of the Kingdom. Like, I, there is so much more you could do. It's not a perfect game. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's a perfect game. It's not a perfect game at all, right? And it's exciting to me, like, that you could use that as a foundation to do more. But, um, fuck, I love that game so much. Hmm. Swinny, what are your thoughts on that game? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good game. <laughs> <laughs> it's alright <laughs> not a well loved game on this podcast but uh, no, very, hey, no, I, very I well loved game by other people very I actually well really enjoyed the game I got super far into it never finished it but I really enjoyed the game and we've moved from uh, not having any double ups to mostly only double ups now uh, my Uh-oh. number one game it's been my number one game for like <laughs> almost ever is Super Metroid this is a perfect game to me uh, you know I wouldn't change anything about this game. I love this game. I love like the, there's parts of the game that, you know, still to this day, people go, ah, I don't get that. How do you work through that puzzle or whatever? But there's a lot of environmental storytelling in this game. And there's lots of parts in the game that try to reinforce, you know, some of the puzzles like that occur in the game. And fuck, this game is amazing. Like I've beaten this game so many times and yet every time it feels fresh and it just feels like there's just so much this the game establishes like the ability to like and i don't know how intentional it is but you know swinny like how you can skip certain segments and jump ahead mm. and you know break the game a bit and just like you know spoiler territory min- minimally like save the animals don't save the animals like all this like weird shit that they've introduced in this game that why did they do this right and mm. it, it's just so cool and there's like kind of almost hidden mechanics in the game that they barely tell you but i love the way they do it and it's almost like dark souls-esque you know just in terms of like you've got to connect the dots Hmm. 
But at the same time, you can play the game just straight up. Like, forget all of, all that stuff. And fuck, to me, it's just like such the perfect game. I love it so much. It's not, doesn't overstay its welcome. And yeah, I just love it. And I love the series as well. Like Zero Mission is right up there for me as well. Like Zero Mission would be almost like a top 10 game for me as well. Like if I forgot about my rule of just having one game in a series. But um, yeah, I love it. And Mike, I'm fascinated to know what your number one is. I actually don't know I, what it will be. Really? I yeah. I thought you'd really? know. I thought you would. Well, yeah. I'll probably know once you tell me, and I'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, what yeah, do you think it starts with? No, I don't know. I said I have no idea. <laughs> okay, it's Fallout. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's yeah, Fallout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fallout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the OG Fallout again, number two, amazing game, improved on it. Although number two kind of. Felt very similar um, to the extent that there's certain parts that I still mix in my head between one and two, um, but I just love number one to bits. Um, I actually love the transition to 3D. I know it was a little controversial at the time to some people, the fact that it moved from 2D sprite-based isometric gameplay to full 3D, but I love Fallout 3 as well. Um, never finished number four, unfortunately, but played uh, finished New Vegas, loved number three to bits, probably my second favorite in the series. Uh, but the original Fallout was just freaking phenomenal. Um, and it's still got that the the artwork and the style that is timeless. You could play the game right now and the game still plays and still looks amazing. It's it's few games that I think after all these years can can actually retain that level of excellence. And can you so, play it on Xbox Game Pass? I think you can, right? Uh, yes, it's part of the PC ones from yeah, memory. Cool. The the Fallout the Fallout games are. That's awesome. It's just again, it's a shame from what I I remember reading that they don't have the original source code anymore. So that's why <laughs> yeah. you don't see it on something like the Switch, which would be a perfect place to play a game like that. Um, and unfortunately, I don't think we'll ever see that. It's also the kind of game that um, I don't think is it's not going to have a remake or a remaster in that sense. It's just not the same thing, and. I want. I would love to see more of those games, which is why it's games like Pillars of Eternity. I, I love the fact that they've refreshed that. There is a, um, I think it's called Atom RPG, which mm. is sort of a modern take on, on that that thing. But nothing beats the original and the fact that you can still play it today and it still stands the test of time. It's still an amazing game. Nice, awesome. All right, so I'm not, I've got the privilege of uh, saying the last Ooh, game, yeah. and I'm holding a Super Nintendo cartridge in my hand right now, hmm. and I'm going to reveal that John Madden Football 93 is yeah! my number one game. <laughs> Actually, that is a joke. I just noticed it says EA like three times in different spots on this, on this small sticker. Does it have the old um, school EA like polygonal? So logo? it's got the old, uh, sorry, oh, once it's EA cool Sports logo. logo. So that's fair enough. Oh, yeah. But then there's two separate electronic arts. Um, wow. Um, that's logos. Cool. Do you remember? No. Did it, was that in the era where it said... EA, it's in the game. EA Sports, it's in the game. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely had that, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, no, my number one game of all time, it's it's taken its number one spot back from uh, from, from the past, what? is a game that I'm also holding in my hand called Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Look, I had it ready to paste. I had it ready to paste. <laughs> he already had it ready to paste. Um, <laughs> and this is the, this is the box that, that uh, young Swinney opened on Christmas Day, Um because it came out before Christmas Day, but I wasn't allowed to play it. But I was allowed to read the the manual, so yeah. I had the manual for however many weeks or whatever it was or days before before I could play it. And 
it's probably my most fondest gaming memory of all time just playing this game for the first time um ocarina of time is just so it's, it's like magical like that's yeah. a word I can't, I can't think of anything but that word and I've played through it so many times. I've had never played the 3DS version. I still want to. I haven't played it in years. Um, so I think it's due for a replay. And I know it's going to be, oh man, I've got to get used to this camera and stuff like that. But just, it was just something special. And I think it's, there's a reason why a lot of people still have Ocarina of Time as a number one because of how magical it was. So. Um, and it used to look, it used to share Deus Ex and Ocarina of Time used to vie for that number out. one spot, but I think uh, Ocarina of Time takes it. So I gotta well, say, time like, it, uh... like to me, it's probably my second, like, it's really close second, like, fondest memory of gaming. So that's why it was so hard to not have it on the list. Mm. I had it 10th for ages. Not that I think it's the 10th favorite game because it's probably. Ahead of Dark Souls for me. Mm. So it's a bit of a weird list that I have. But um, yeah, I remember running home after getting it, like at Kmart or Target or whatever. Like, and I was, you know where I live, right, Sweeney? Mm. And I ran home from that, like, you know, complex. So like, I like I'm not a runner. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm going to play this. Like, I was so excited. <laughs> and it just like, man, this game, like in a way, I think it lived up to the hype even more than Mario 64. Like, and that's saying something, man. Like, when I played this game, and just, like, the depth of it and all the stuff you can do in it, and the mechanic, the time travel mechanic, it's just fucking amazing, man. Like, this manual that I'm holding up, and I just used to, I used to so study cool. this yeah. fucking manual, man. I could not put it down. Oh, man. The only, like, the like literally, do you know the literal difference of why? And I had it back and forth. I had a version of this where Ocarina of Time was number two. And... Like, I, the only thing is, I played Ocarina of Time recently, and it, it uh, compared to Super Mario 64, which I feel like you play that and it's fucking really cool, right? Mm. Ocarina of Time, there's something about it that just, like, it's more of its era than mm. 64 is, like Mario 64 is to me. I'm not saying it's bad at all. It's just, like, it's like watching an old school movie that is very, like, extremely slowly placed, right? Like, there's a lot of, like, movies are much faster paced now. The edits are a lot quicker. But, like, some movies, even for them, back in the day, were slow paced, right? And it's almost like a shock to the system. And I had a little bit of that with Ocarina of Time. I'm like, okay, I just got to, like, you know, push it and then I'll get through. And then, like, I enjoyed it, obviously. But, um, fuck, what an amazing game that game is. And it, like, one thing I will say, Swinney, is, to me, it's it's more of the classic Zelda like, it's the quintessential classic Zelda for me, Ocarina of Time, in terms of, you know, like, the pseudo-Metroidvania mechanic of, like, you know, you're getting tools and then you can beat other, you know, um, castles and bosses and stuff like mm. that. But, yeah, what a fucking game. What a fucking ripper. I love that What's game. What's the best platform to play it on now? I think, Someone actually, that's... now, honestly, the Switch Online. Like, they've fixed mm. up the emulation and stuff like that. It's probably okay. the best way to play. It's the what easiest about the 3D? way to play 3DS one is that good? There's like oh, you, this is getting super into weeds, but they've done some changes to more Majora's Mask. But even mm. with Ocarina of Time, they changed a few things, and it's kind of like you need to almost patch it if you're really like that obsessed about it. I genuinely think the Switch Online is the best way to play it now. Oh. Like they've fixed the emulation for it. One thing I just want to quickly say is like a few honorable mentions because I was going to do mm-hmm. it during the thing, and I've kind of neglected to. Um, 
I had Picross 3D on there for me as like one of the games that was right up there. It was pretty close to being on the list. I had Portal. Like Portal was going in and out. Like I but I'm I'm glad where I landed. Tetris. Um and the one mm-hmm. that like I really wanted to put on the list, but just you know, ten is not enough numbers, is Trials HD. Yeah, like I, really I was want thinking to put about that when you yeah. were talking about Rocket League. <laughs> Fuck, I really want to put Trials on there, but it's just yeah. like literally I'm taking out like Doom, Gallagher. But like mm. it's just like I, I couldn't do it in the end. Stuff, so. stuff that just missed the cut for me. Final Fantasy VI. Uh, yeah, Terran- fuck. What a, ge- what a jam. Terranigma. Oh, I had um, Terranigma up there as well, yeah. Fuck. Uh, Half-Life 2. Yeah. And yes. uh, Ma- Mayora's Mask. So they oh, kind of yeah. like made up like the 10 to 15, along with Tekken 3 that I mentioned earlier. So Yeah. How about you, Mike? Had... Anything that was close? Yeah, so I had The Sims. Hmm. Um, I loved The Sims back in I the had SimCity oh, like high so on the sick. list, yeah. I had SimCity as well. Um, dude, like my list, I think it was like you. I actually... Sort of hundreds of different games, yeah, easily yeah. hundreds, and it was so hard to actually um, yeah. put it down. Uh, Virtual Tennis. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that game <laughs> for many reasons. Guitar Hero, just because of the experience. Yeah, I had Guitar Hero high up there, honestly, as well, and the innovation and just the memories of, of having it. Um, Battlefield 1942 was one of them. Uh, of course, Sextress uh, for many different reasons. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because I'm looking at these things and I do wonder if someone, if a psychologist was to look at these lists and go, okay, what can I learn about this person based on these 10 games that they've enjoyed? What impact have these games had on their life? And, and they're all good lists. They're all good lists. They're good, but it makes you wonder like, okay, interesting. Okay. Um, and they'd Fez. be like, "Fuck these guys love Dark Souls." Yeah, they love Dark Souls. These <laughs> weirdos. <laughs> yeah, that's like, hey, like that's one. Of, we should talk about some of the features of the list, right? That were there any other games on the list that missed for you, Mike? Sorry, before we no, maybe just um, the the one that for some reason keeps coming back to mind is Fez, and I don't know why. Oh yeah, I you just, love that game. Yeah, I just love that game. I don't know so why. I Dark the Souls, I love the character. Dark Souls is the only game that's on everyone's list. Yeah, I think it is. You're right. There so, you go. Which you means know, it's technically the winner of the definitively winners. Definitively the greatest. <laughs> it's definitely the greatest game. <laughs> Dark, Dark Souls, Mass Effect, and Super Metroid are all the ones that had multiples. So Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. not too many multiples, right? Like, no, even though we had some multiples enough. in the end, it wasn't that many. It wasn't that and many. You can definitely tell that you guys are more... Um, n- super... N- well, Nintendo-centric, because you had access to those consoles. Yeah, it yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Whereas I never did, unfortunately. And I, I legit say unfortunately because I wish I got to play some of those games when they came out. And you can kind of look at my list and it's definitely more PC-centric, I think. Yeah, yours is but... definitely more PC-centric. I'm actually kind of amazed that Swinny and my lists aren't more Nintendo-based. Like, I think what's when you've got like three Nintendo games? Uh, oh, four, no, four. four well, and I've got four as well. I think it's because you guys... I, I think there's, there's people who are super nostalgic about certain things and then I think you guys acknowledge that, hey, a good game comes out more recently and you fucking love the game and it deserves to be like breath of the wild isn't that old right um it's dark souls isn't really that old and especially well you played it way more recently compared to when it came out and the fact that it's not just you know you have completely rose tinted glasses that it's got to be an old school Mm. game no it's like if it's a good game it could have come out yesterday and it's a fucking amazing game that is actually also an interesting feature of the list 2017 is the latest game right Uh like you're Breath telling me nothing wild. good came since then? <laughs> <laughs> the last five years are all good games. One quick question, and then I'm going to run through the list just for audio listeners. Um, any games that you think will threaten to get in the top 10? 
Oh, okay. The, in, in, uh, so let's say in the last five years. So after Breath of the Wild, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's a good question, right? I'm just. I can't. I'm just trying to think what games are on the horizon that even have a chance. Like, well, so no games. You wouldn't say any games. Well, you know, I think it's like down Elden, to... Elden Ring. It's just no, the no. impact. It's the Im- yeah, probably not even Eld- Elden Ring to be honest. I think I, I enjoyed it and it was the game of the year, but it wasn't Dark Souls. Yeah, <laughs> if, the they, if they remaster Vesperia again, <laughs> like yeah, um, that would do it. <laughs> no, look, uh, yeah, maybe like if they, if they remade Final Fantasy VI in like the HD two D, then that might have, <laughs> oh, maybe that all actually. Creep you back know, up. imagine a Final Fantasy VI as a remake like they'd done with Final Fantasy VII, like a full three uh, D remake. That sure. would be fun because I think Final Fantasy VI's story, and you know how critical I am of stories and games. I mm. love the story in that game. I love the setting and everything. That would be really cool. Would it top the? I don't know because I I feel like for better or worse, I do have a. Uh, a level of nostalgia in this, but not so much. Okay, I don't even know how to describe it. There's the certain things that you do at certain times in your life that you can never replicate. You get one chance to have that particular experience, and that's kind of it. Because once you have that experience, you cannot have it again. And I think it's like that with, with gaming to some degree. I think your brain and the memories it builds based on heaps of other games and experiences that it has... I do suspect that you might get to a certain time in your life where it's just there's nothing that can technically beat it. Like, if you really sat down and thought about it, you just can't have that same impact that... But I'm saying that now. I don't know. It's the only no, no, the only get, reason why I, I would say, like, I don't have anything in here. Like, a lot of these games, the, the latest on this list is probably The Witcher that I had on mine, which is 2015. Um, and it's not oh, that yeah, I didn't true. enjoy games since 2015. It's just that... Impact and stuff. They yeah, just yeah. haven't had that kind of impact in my life. Because yeah. I'm a different person now, and I kind of don't have that... I don't absorb... My brain doesn't absorb the, the games the same way that yeah. it did. I look at the stories, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool, but I've seen that before, or eh, I'm not, it's not that interesting or something. Yeah. Um, I think like with Mario, Super Mario Odyssey, to me, I feel like you could almost just argue it's better than any of the other Mario games. And then... Mario Kart 8 Deluxe versus DS. Like, it's more nostalgia for me as well. So Yeah, I, I think Odyssey is the best Mario game, but yeah, it's not I my favourite, so you know, yeah. so... Yeah. Odyssey's yeah. amazing. Odyssey's, like, it's worthy to be on top 10 for sure. It's, like, I actually genuinely think Odysseys are underrated because it came out in the year when Breath of the Wild did. Like... It's there. What a wild game that is. Um, all right. I'm going to quickly just run through the list for audio listeners. Mm-hmm. So my list was starting from one, Super Metroid, Breath of the Wild, Dark Souls, Rocket League, Super Mario Bros. 3, Mario Kart DS, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Doom, Galaga, and Metal Gear Solid. For Mike, starting from number one, Fallout, Mass Effect, Dark Souls, Ultimate 8, Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas, Duke Nukem 3D, Final Fantasy 7, Diablo, The Witcher 3, and Need for Speed 2. And then finally, Swinney, starting from number one, Ocarina of Time, Dark Souls, Tales of Vesperia, Metal Gear Solid 3, Deus Ex, Super Metroid, Yoshi's Island, Final Fantasy 9, Super Mario 64, and Mass Effect. 
I think traditionally speaking, Swinney's is probably like the strongest list. <laughs> like Mine is the most like generic, basic almost. bitch yeah. mainstream list other than Vesperia. Far from yeah. Tales, far from Tales. <laughs> like at least Mike and I, like, yeah, there's a few fucking games on there that like never, I don't think they'll be nah. on mainstream top 10 list. I wonder what Ultima <laughs> even got and on Metacritic. I'm going to look it up. It's probably yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. All right, boys. Uh, wrapping Oof. up the show... What's on for next week? Segment. Well, oh, so I still got the bush. I've oh, still got the big douche thing on you both. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, um, so next week want, we've got the Christmas put... stuff. We've got the Christmas stuff going on mm. next week. Um, are we? <laughs> well, it has to be right. I don't think we can do it. I don't think we're doing we're the show play next Christmas Sunday. Christmas games because it's uh, Christmas. It's actually we'll, Christmas fi- we'll figure Sunday. it out. We'll figure yeah. it out. Um, I, I'm going to be playing some Vampire Survivors next week. <laughs> are you playing the hey. DLC? Yeah, it's the like. Why is it so cheap? What's this guy doing? And it's like this massive map that yeah. is like has different areas, so it's different to what they've done. Like, I'm super wow. excited to try it. I just really want to just finish Yakuza. So, nah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, and you, Mike, got anything planned uh, for Christmas? Uh, a couple of things, but gaming wise, I think I'm just going to keep smashing The Witcher. I'm supposed to finish it by the end of the year right to do one of the resolutions i highly doubt it's gonna happen how far are you into the main quest uh i am uh, on skelliger island well skelliger isles um and i don't know how far probably only about three quests into the main quest line on in that area so (laughs) i don't know i think there's quite a lot left the the problem is like I i could probably just rush through that which is what i might do just to finish it and say i finished it but it's really hard and i don't know if it counts because the dlcs i kind of wanted to also finish but i feel like that's probably what's gonna happen i'm gonna go through finish the main story because then i'm assuming swinny can just go do the side stuff whenever yeah, you want yeah. right Man, no... i love that part of the game that you're yeah. at the moment like it's really cool. and everything. i just love oh, the vibe of that place yes and, stuff, and it looks so. so beautiful with the yeah, with the latest yeah. updates there's i finally actually um i it's rare that you install a game, especially a game that you know came out in 2015, like seven years ago now, um, and you can still pause it and go, wow, this looks cool. I haven't really mm. had that experience in a, in a little while. Most mm. games look amazing nowadays. There's quite a few that do, but I, I rarely now take a look back and go, wow, that looks incredible. Like I remember Mass Effect 1, I had a lot of those moments. Mass Effect 2 in Illyrium, I think it was called. I forget the um, mm. one of the. There were so many parts where I just stopped yeah, yeah. for like an hour just to to just look at the landscape. See, for me, I, I like to play Vampire Survivors and just pause the game and just stare at the pixel later. How ugly it is! <laughs> Vomit all Ooh, over the screen. <laughs> that game feels like it's getting so much more hype. Like every day, it's crazy, man. I know, it's taken I know. off. I hope that guy because it's one guy, right? Uh, it's more than one guy now. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But I think but it's one guy who started it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hope he gets paid a buck a load, man. Like, I'll if he doesn't make a monster, that'd be a shame. All right. Well, we'll sort out what we're doing next week. We do have to do the wrap up by the end of the year. Big, big. Well, we're going to do the hour in like top 10 of, or like whatever. That'll be, that'll right? be the episode after Christmas. So, whatever day that lands on, if we do it on New Year's or we don't or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, that'll be our big year in awards the third oh, awesome. special so yeah and then I'll be wrapping up and then I'll be watching you guys I'll be in the chat like abusing you too as you continue the show and pity help you Swinny pity help you <laughs> <laughs> alright uh, okay, that's, okay. that's it alright bye bye thanks everyone see ya, see ya. bye <laughs>